on episode 14 of Pixel Guide N. It's a Castlevania battle. Cody makes an Instagram faux pas. We have patrons now. Cody goes MSX crazy. Eric plays a whole bunch of new stuff. Cody's got some Japanese pickups. Eric is a little bit Amiga. Cody's a little bit Pachinko. Can Liquid be 8-bit? It's the show's anniversary. Your host, Eric Nelson and Cody Hoffman! Hello and welcome everybody to the July edition of Pixel Guide. And to everyone in America, happy 4th of July. Yeah, it just happened. Yes, it did. Um, got a lot of people from overseas uh, giving us a, 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 what did they say, not congratulations, but a, have a happy 4th. Yeah. Which I thought was cool because... Yeah, we don't we don't call out their yeah, Independence Days usually. Yeah, we're very typical uh, self centered Americans, right? We don't notice other people's holidays, even though they're sweet enough to notice ours. And we should, and I, I think it's because Americans tend to have a ignorant spot for world uh, events or world happenings. Yeah, we need to change that. I hate that. But yeah, I think you're right. But thank you to all who did uh, yeah. reach out to us and give us that. I went ahead and cooked myself um, some Louisiana uh, crawdad boil. Yeah. In fact, we did, couldn't find crawdad, so I did crab and shrimp, but never done that before. It was really cool. I had the big old pot of water and dumped everything in there with some seasonings and had like 20 friends over. It was pretty oh, cool. Oh, wow. Nice. Anything uh, on your plate for a fourth? Uh, we just hung out at home. We had some family in, so we really just hung out, did a little barbecuing, but kept it pretty small. Pretty small event. Pretty cool. But you yeah. heard a lot of fireworks. There's tons in Elk Grove here. Yeah. Well. Show just started, which means we go directly into quick questions. Quick questions. I'll kick this one off. If you had the skills to program your own game, what genre would it be? Shmup, RPG, platform, etc., etc. <laughs> um, so I actually did back in college. There was a program called I can't remember what it was called, but it was like a really rudimentary game programming mm -hmm. thing yeah there's all sorts of, like rapid developers kind of thing yeah i think it was actually called game maker even though i know there's yep. one called game maker now there is i don't yeah. think it had any relation to that okay um but i made my, my own little shmup and it was exactly one level long and actually i thought it looked pretty cool the problem with it was I, again it's however it worked there was very little um uh, efficiency in the coding right so it took like 38 seconds to load my one level on a you know at that time you know, middle of the road, sure. new modern machine. So it wasn't ever going to work, and I couldn't figure out how to code anything. I was just using the uh, the programming features and things. But, so if you had advanced skills, though, like... But if I could do that, I, I actually would probably go with... A, um, I had a lot of ideas about platformers. Okay. Uh, slash running gun. Okay. Um, with light RPG elements? Most likely. <laughs> actually, no, I was thinking almost something about, like, making a game such as... Uh, you know, uh, what's the Modern Warfare, one of those kind of first-person shooter games where everyone's, you know, people get addicted and they play it thing year after year after year. Yeah. Um, it'd be cool to try to make a game like that which, where you're a character, but it's a 2D, like, running gun. But there's all these different levels that keep 
you know, being created and you have these battles and maybe team battles or different things inside of a 2D space. Yeah. I thought that'd be really cool. That would be cool. That's what I would make. Right on. Yourself? I think I, well, I, so I, the only computer language I really knew well was Commodore 64 uh, basic, and I remember making uh, on my own making a Spy Hunter game that actually worked. Oh, okay, but it was pretty slow. But I made all the sprites, I made the the screen, and it scrolled down. Um, it was clunky and slow because it was in basic, but it worked. So it was like Spy Hunter. But if I had skills right now, I think I would just do RPGs because I think they're the closest thing to kind of like board games. You know what I mean? All the statistical analysis and. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, the depth in an RPG, I think I'd probably make an RPG. Even though I don't, yeah. these days, because I just don't have time, I don't play them all that often. I was going to say, that would take a lot of time. It would take a lot of time, <laughs> but if we're, if we're imagining that we had those kind of skills and all that time, I'd yep. probably do that. Gotcha. Well, for my quick question, I will yep. first point out, which we have not mentioned on the show, this is our one-year anniversary show. Yay! Yay us. We've done this for a year. Pat's on the back. That's um, on the back, sweet. Um, yeah, for so episode fourteen is technically our one year. Yep, we doubled up the first uh, our first two podcasts. We had just talked with started with two right out the gate. Yeah, should have called it zero and one. Now that I think about it, but we I called it we one did, and two. But we didn't, huh? No, no we, did. we called okay. it one and two. All right, uh, one was kind of an introductory episode, and then uh, starting last month, we uh, broke our episodes into two episodes, so we could come out twice a month. Yeah. And we'll continue to do that. But because it's our anniversary, I wanted to run this by you and see if you can think of a few of your favorite moments on the show, Eric. Yep. So the the ones that come to mind, obviously, are when um, Tim Drew Sanctions sent us the, all the goodies. Yep. That was, that was pretty awesome. I mean, somebody taking the time to send us candy and cool computer hardware. and Absolutely. I got my... Div M- MC Future. Yep, yep, and, and uh, along with the Specy, which I purchased, but that was. I'm going to piggyback off you. That was one of my, my favorites. The stuff they sent yeah. was absolutely cool, um, but also the friendship we made with, uh, or I made with him, and then yes, definitely um, the fact that uh, he was willing to drive out and find a Specy and make sure it all worked and send it my way. Yep, like that was. Uh, I really appreciate the free stuff, but the fact that he'd be willing to uh, to do that and make sure I got a good one because just because. We became buddies. He's like, this is, uh, you know, he wanted me to experience the, the spectrum I've been talking about and hearing about for all these years. And Yep. Very cool. So I'd say that's one. I think it's okay if we if we share some of these or just talk back and forth on a couple of these. Um, I think another one was uh, today when we got these beers. Well, I'll see if they're any good first. Yeah, I guess we should wait to see if they're any good. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, that, we'll get to there in a second. But yeah. one of our uh, listeners and, our, and people we work with on uh, Twitter out there sent us some beer. So, yep. listen for that shortly. I'm yep. excited about that. Um, I would say also, I mean, I don't want to discount our very first recording session, which was two <laughs> episodes. Because, I mean, yeah. I, that, that began it all. And people may not know this. I think we've mentioned it once or twice before. But, I mean, we, we were talking about this for a full year before we actually did it. I think it was more than that. Yeah, I think so. I think you're right. Um, so, just being able to sit down and actually get this bird off the ground yeah one one day we just said we've been talking about this for far too long we even had our our uh your wife came over we all had dinner our families had dinner so we could have a discussion about it yeah which didn't happen we just hung out pretty yeah, much pretty much and then uh 
like a year passed, and finally I think you and I were talking about it, and we said, you know what, screw it. Let's pick a date, and let's just do it. I don't know what we're doing yet. Let's just do it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, uh, I know there was a game that I beat that I was like, oh, my gosh, I beat a game, and now I can't remember <laughs> what it was. But that was a kind of a highlight for me because I got to at least talk intelligently about a game that I had played thoroughly through. Yeah. Um, I just can't remember the name of it now, but that was a pretty good uh, memory. So what yeah. are yours? I mean, I shared a lot of those. I've loved a lot of them. You know, we, I always mention the people we meet online. So yeah. that's not a particular moment, but that's a huge part of what's fun about this for me. And Huge, yeah. Um, I also like being able to... Uh, some of the products I've bought, I've mentioned to the uh, proprietors that make the products or the uh, companies and mentioned that we're going to re- do a review on the show and just, you know, yeah, have them listen in and, you know, they'll send me... Just being able to talk that, you know, that yeah. way with some of the people who are making these things, either, you know, a lot of these products we talk about are made by one or two guys out of their houses and things and yeah um it's just cool like my atom power supply over here for my commodore and Definitely. the sid chip that i think the sid chip is probably one of my favorite seg- segments yeah <laughs> testing the <laughs> I remember different that. uh sids the fake one the real one yeah. the different modes and having you try to hear what the differences were um i also really liked uh one of my favorite was when we were talking about your MSX, and I got to surprise you by pulling out my That's MSX. Right. That, was, uh, that was truly a great surprise. <laughs> that was that was really fun, and uh, unfortunately, my cart has still not come yet. So um, we'll get to that here in a second as well. But pretty soon, we'll be able to start uh, doing some MSX games together. So that'll be really cool. One more thing is, I really enjoy doing interviews. So I thought the interview I, that I did with that Gordon Rice was, was a lot of fun. Um, and I interviewed my wife on here about Bubble Bobble. That was a lot of fun. Um, it's fun to, doing interviews. I need to I, stop slacking and give that a shot. Yeah, I hope that I can do more. I had to get. It takes a lot of technical setup. I mean, getting Skype to be recordable and stuff like that. Um, but it was a lot of fun. Gotcha. Yeah. Very cool. Well, I think it's a time to announce. Uh, we well, first last month we announced we are on Patreon now. You're right. Um, so we have some followers now on Patreon. Yeah. Much appreciated. Yeah. Um, I think we are actually at the point already where we uh, can afford to buy our beer using patreon money which is awesome that, <laughs> that is, is awesome that is more than i could have asked for nonetheless um we'll go ahead and give that information in just a second but i just wanted to go ahead we want to list off our patreon subscribers and eventually we're going to find a, a cute way to do this but just for this one time i wanted to uh sing them off the way our friends at the amigos podcast oh, i'm gonna rip off the amigos I'm not, nice. i don't want to rip them off because i'm giving them credit right now this we, is in honor of and you're not making to make them guess the uh if you guys want to guess i want you to guess but i'm gonna read off every single name okay. for all our patrons uh in song form and you guys have to try to figure out what the uh song is okay here we go <clears throat> I have to clear my throat just like he does and get a big build up. <laughs> Tim, Drew, Jim, Tessier, Henrik, L. That's all I got. So if you know what that song was, <laughs> please go ahead and send it to our show uh, email address, which Eric knows off the top of his head. Patreon.com slash Pixel Guiden. That's our Patreon. So oh, that's well, good. But email address. Email address podcast at pixelguiden.com. Cool. And of course, you'll hear our, our information at the end of the show if you want to tweet, it, tweet at us or anything like that as well. But one thing I think is really neat about about Patreon and, and even our our current uh, basket of, of, of uh, donors, I guess you'd call them, mm-hmm. is that they're from all over the place. Yeah. Tim got- Drew's from the UK. Jim is from the US. And Henrik is from Norway. I think that's really cool. Yep. 
And Hen- Henrik uh, has a last name that he, I guess, gave us the approval to just say the L. Yeah. The first letter of the last name. He did. I do want, I do want to get it right eventually, though, if you'll let us. And but... I actually Googled it and tried to piece it together yeah. from other people with his name. And I think it's Lada. Wait, Lada Fo- Foggy? You're not what saying say? it with confidence is the yeah. problem. <laughs> yeah, because I said it to you a second ago and Lada it sounded Foggen. professional. Lada Foggen. There's a D at the end. I don't know. Lada Foggen. It's an awesome name, and I'm jealous. Yeah. It is awesome. But, but we're going to call him Henrik L. because he told us to. Also, the guy from the U.S., uh, Jim, I'm going to say Tessier because that's how someone from the U.S. would say that. Yeah. But it might be French. It might be Tessier. Maybe. So, Jim, feel free to correct us. Yeah, please. In fact, we'll probably reach out to him. One, one, <laughs> thing, one idea I had about this, and I meant to mention this off air, but let's just do it on air. That's what we do best. I thought it would be awesome to uh, do small Patreon interviews. That could be cool. Like a little say, I mean, not long, five, ten minutes, just where they say who they are, where they're from, maybe their favorite game or gaming genre or like whatever, it. just to get them on the air and meet them. You have any idea what the song was, by the way? I think it was, uh, was it Billy Joel? Wow. Pretty good, right? <laughs> I literally put out like seven syllables and yeah. you actually got it. Yeah, we didn't start the fire. I was always good at naming that tune. <laughs> <laughs> I think I hit a total of two notes in that whole song, that whole bit. So if you guys guessed that, congratulations, you win a pat on the back. Right on. Woo! All right, let's go ahead and go to Arata. That's okay. actually a good intro to Arata, because it means we screwed up, and the Popo are after us. Yeah, and I'm sure we screwed up more than this. Well, what? I only noticed one that I could think of. Okay. I was talking about pinball. Okay. And there's an um, Italian pinball company. It's like the only one pretty much outside of America that really produced a lot of pinball machines i remember when we were talking about that yeah i called them zacharina they're zacharia zacharia i was way off and since i know nothing about pinball i w- i just was like yep sounds yep. great i heard it when i was uh <laughs> listening to ourselves as i do right on and uh yeah we are all kinds of wrong so we're gonna go ahead and get some beers ready yeah. and then we will uh catch up catching up with eric and cody all right, so these beers came from a listener slash brewmaster from Arizona, Dan James. Yep. And it is a gorgeous-looking can. It is a gorgeous-looking can, and I will. I want to mention that he really took care to pack these. He put it, they were in a cooler, surrounded by ice packs, and the cooler itself was like a cooling cooler, so it was all frozen and when it got to us it it, 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 they had all warmed up but it was pretty much cool to the touch nice so it says right on the bottle or can here keep cold drink fresh yep these are pretty cool cans i don't think i've ever seen a can like this yeah so it's got a um like a flip lid but the whole top comes off yeah it's like an old uh, well i'm guessing old-fashioned looking pop top kind of thing here yeah and when you open it it slices your finger and you add a little blood to the mix and that's just kind of flavor (laughs) Um, at least I almost did. So, by the way, this is Dan James from Arizona on Twitter. He goes at at Dan JMCS. Um, I I know we've followed each other on Twitter for quite a long, quite a while, and I know he's a listener. He's been listening, I think, since the beginning. Um, His brewery is Eight Bit Ale Works, and we are drinking the Black Mage Stout. And the can is cool because it looks like a a little eight bit like RPG character. It, it does. It does. It, it, it's all it's very it. pixelated graphics all over the... In fact, you know what? We'll, we'll take a picture of this and Absolutely. post it on... Let's post this on the uh, podcast website. 
under show there's notes. A, there's actually like a little novella on the back <laughs> talking about the legend tells of a bear of dark magic. <laughs> Very cool. All right. We're going to give this a drink. All right. Cheers, my friend. Cheers. To another year and many more. Yes. I hope for another one. Of Pixel Guide in. Go ahead and take your sip. Okay. I mean, I'm, I'm taking in the, uh, the note, the, the smell here. Well, it didn't go bad in the transfer, that's for sure. Very good. That is a solid stout. Yep, and it had a good head on it. It was uh, not too much, not too little. So I, I think we mentioned this once before, uh, up there somewhere, I have yeah. a bottle from when I did a little bit of homebrewing. Yeah, My yeah. buddy and I did make an ale we called 8-Bit Ale. Oh, okay. Um, this is better. <laughs> <laughs> because I made a stout, too, like at home in my first attempts, yeah. and it was bad. Really? Ours was, the 8-Bit Ale was actually one of our better ones, to be okay. honest. Um, and it was a um, pale ale. Okay. My anyway. first attempt was a flat stout that was completely flat. I guess the sugars oh, didn't yeah. go into, and it was... You it, bought. You went straight to bottle? I, or you put the sugar in each bottle individually? I put the sugar in each bottle individually. Yeah, it's really hard to do that, I yeah. think. I think it's easier if you just go big and do a, I, a tank uh, or a keg or... Yeah. Anyways, how about video games? Well, we should talk about those. Yeah, I think so. Um, catching... Thanks again, Dan. Yes, che- Dan. Cheers to you, Dan. This one's to there's Dan. A, there's another one here out of Dale Jr.'s glass, of course. Hopefully you're uh, not offended by Dale Jr.'s driving tactics. Not at all. All, all right. right. Well, I'm going to start real quick with uh, one little thing I did while we were uh, away from the mic for 30 uh, days-ish. Yeah. I thought was thinking about it. There's a game I wanted to play on the Game Boy, um, but I didn't have... Uh, I have my old school Game Boy, and I got a. Uh, I have a Game Boy Pocket. Yeah. I also have my Game Boy Advance SP, but you ruined that for me by showing me <laughs> your really nice Game Boy Advance SP. Yeah. And I can't play games on it anymore because I've seen how good yours looks, and I just sit there and go, "This is washed out and dim." Yeah, because mine has that special backlit screen or whatever it is. I don't know what it is, but it makes it better. It's more better, and it and that one wasn't a modified one. That Correct. was an official That's Nintendo it. one, but yep. it was. Yeah. So again, if you guys don't know, on the back of your Game Boy Advance, it'll say AGS-01 or 101. AGS-101. Right. The 101 has the nice, really nice screen. And it's a huge difference. And the AGS-001 is the one I have. And uh, I mean, it still looks a whole lot better than the other Game Boy Advances, the, you know, the, the flat one. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just, the colors popped, everything looked cleaner. Um I don't know how to explain it. It just, it's just especially in person. And a even, lot on, more crisp. even if you look online, you're yeah. like, oh, oh yeah, the picture looks a little bit more warm. Yeah, but it's more than that. Like in person, it looks ten times better. Right. Um, so first of all, I actually went ahead and I've been looking for one of those. Okay. The ones with the one one go for like a hundred bucks nowadays. Yeah. Unfortunately, okay. I was able to find a really good deal on one. I wrote the guy. He. They verified that it was the 101 number, showed pictures of it on, it was working and everything. So I have one on order. So I do have the Game Boy Advance I want coming. So oh, that's exciting. that's awesome. That is exciting. And I, I'll probably just sell my other one because I don't need to. Um, but the reason I bring that up is because I wanted to play some games on my EverDrive, my Game Boy EverDrive. Yeah. Uh, which is, of course, a flash cart that plays off uh, any Game Boy games you want off an SD card, right? Uh, micro SD, and it can play Game Boy Color as well as Game Boy games. Um, 
But I thought about it, and I'm like, I'd love to play those on my TV. Yeah. And then I thought about, like, I have all these random roundabout ways to doing it, or either through emulation or whatever. And I thought about it, I'm like, wait, Super Game Boy. Let's try that. And sure enough, I shoved my Game Boy cart into my Super Game Boy, shoved that into my Super Nintendo. Works like a charm. That's beautiful. I always I always wondered if, the, if that would work, but you know all of these clone machines, like the Retron machines? It's- yeah, well, like, the Retron 5 is emulation, and it literally is just looking to see if you have um, the correct game in the slot, and then it downloads the ROM into its memory and then, like, emulates it. So the EverDrive's don't work with they it. Don't. Yeah, they don't. Yeah, because I know some they do, some don't. So yeah, that's always hard to figure out, and you don't want to waste. So you don't want to buy one not knowing if it's going to work. Because I, I won't use regular cartridges. I have EverDrives for everything, so I want to use EverDrives for everything. Yep. So that's so cool it, that it, it works. Well, I haven't. I didn't try it with Game Boy Color. I'm <clears> guessing <throat> that doesn't work because the Super Game Boy is literally a Game Boy inside of cartridge. Okay. So when you shove it into the Super Nintendo, yeah, excuse me, you're um, you're really just hijacking the video output and the controller. Port. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. But yeah. you're pretty much playing off of this card. This is my, this is a Game Boy. Yeah, I'm, you can hear it. It's very tactile. <laughs> um, I've I've actually always wanted one of those, and it's not like you can't find them, but for some reason I just have never come across one locally, and I just don't want to pay for shipping. So <laughs> maybe someday I'll just bite the bullet and get one because that would be real handy. To I'm have. sure we can put a, a hit out at our friendly local legacy games and toys yeah well i've you, you, i've gone in there many times since our last recording yeah and i have a going list with him like if you get one of these here's my number call me and he says he would he will yep um but i've I never ha- been i've never been called yet though unfortunately no but. no me either I, I got called once for the atari computer that they had they had an atari really? xegs this was months. really this is a long time ago huh. um and he did. He rang me up. I dropped by and I grabbed it. Oh, really? It was a good I didn't know deal that. too. You yeah. Didn't tell me about that. Yeah, you know the XEGS is that real cool '70s looking one because it has pastel colors on it. Yeah, it's got the big like pastel buttons on it. Yep, it's, it's gray and it usually comes with a little light gun. Yep, it was. Mint. I didn't know you got that. It was mint condition. Aww. and uh, it, it's awesome. That's cool. When so, did you get that? I got it. Gosh, yeah, I thought it. I think it was while. It's got to be after the before the podcast I think it was you would have brought it up I think it was just before the podcast though I want to check that out yeah I'm keeping it because it's unmodified whereas my 800 XL which it's the same machine yeah. uh, my 800 XL I've I've modified up the wazoo up the wazoo up the wazoo which is a term that we don't think about here in America no we just but use as it as our buddy Tim Drew told us yeah he looked it up because it's not a a, a term that they use in the UK very much. Yeah. And he was shocked at what it was. He was shocked. But it was funny because then we had a whole bunch of people from America like respond and be like, well, they're in like kids' movies and stuff. Like yeah. everyone says that. It's just a yeah. thing. I don't even know where I picked it up. I've used that forever. <laughs> up the wazoo. Um, so, yeah, you know, one of the games I'm playing later needed a Game Boy. It was for our good, our good games oh, okay. coming up. A little foreshadowing. Um, and I used the BitBoy. That's yeah, another yeah, option. Yeah. BitBoy, because it has save states, helped me out a lot. But another thing is that your BitBoy came with a cable to hook to your TV. I don't know if you knew that. It's in the box. Yeah. So yeah. You, and it looks good. It looks great. Okay. But you still use the BitBoy controls. Yes, that's right. Gotcha. Yep. Now, they came out with a new patch for that. I don't think we mentioned that on the last show, or did we? We put notes in for it, and I was going to attempt it, but you have to have a special, I think, version 4 of the BitBoy, and the only way to know if your BitBoy is that version 
there's no like about in the menus or anything. You have to open your BitBoy up and look at the chips. Or just try the upgrade. Or just try the upgrade. It doesn't say whether you can or should do that, but I was going to do that and I just ran out of time. Okay. Yeah, but yeah, you're supposed the, to be able to emulate more systems. Emulate a ton of systems and supposedly emulate them well. Not to mention the ones that it does support, like the Game Boy, the NES, the Game Boy Color. It's supposed to do them better. Interesting. So again, in case no one knows, the BitBoy is a little yeah. Game Boy, like small. It's like a Game Boy Pocket. Yeah, it's even smaller. Yeah, device that you put an SD card in, and it kind of emulates all these games. They're like, I mean, there's nothing legal about them. No, <laughs> there's probably uh, they're probably like thirty five dollars on Amazon. It's yeah, they're unmodded, but I'll tell you, I'm getting a lot of utility out of it. I've been playing a ton. I have not actually used it. I mean, I've turned it on, got it working, said, yeah. cool, it works. And that's about as far as I've done anything with it. Yeah. I mean, it, it, in your hands, it feels a little cheap, like the controls and the buttons, and it's very light. You remember that. But um, I, I like it. Works great. I mean, I haven't yeah. had any emulation problems. It's working. It works perfectly. So since uh, you got me hooked on Horizon Chase Turbo, you've been playing some more of it, I think? I played more of it because you were telling me last time that you saw all my high high scores and then beat them all, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. or most of them, because I will say I still I still have some of them. Do you? Well, yeah. I'll, I'll still, have to go back. Two or three that I still Well, and remember, that once you get earn more cars, the, new, the newer cars are much better, so if I ever go back... That's what I need the better to do. cars, yeah. I could probably go beat those pretty easily at this point. I Not because I'm any better, but... Yeah, I will say that I've been just enjoying the heck out of it. I play it, like, in between trying to do the homework for Pixel Gaiden, you know? <laughs> it's like my, my kind of enjoyable game I'll just relax with and try to unlock more. I, some trends have opened up, though, where... I don't know if you feel the same way, or maybe maybe you're not. Like, like um, races that I do the first time, I always get third place. I almost always get third place. Sometimes I'll get second. Very rarely get first. And then if I go back and play it again, I'll I'll sometimes get first or second. But I've noticed I almost always get third, which I just find is a weird statistic. I get caught in this loop where I want to get the super trophy every time. Yeah. So I'll play it like 10 times in a row and try to get... Because you have to collect all the blue tokens on the track and come in first. Yeah. And I'll just play the same level over and over again and get that super trophy and then usually turn it off at this point or play one more. Yeah. But, um, I see right now. Great. I'm just trying to really unlock. I'm just trying to unlock, 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 yeah. and get get further. I'm going to go back and get super trophies and stuff. I really want to beat the whole career mode because then oh, there's plenty more stuff to do. They keep coming out with every week. There's new tracks they put out for like a weekly high score, and yeah. you can get new cars and like it just they keep adding. They just did a second year anniversary thing where they added all kinds of content and yeah and i have to admit the, the ghost stuff in there is fun like just seeing that you coming up passing me and then me passing you and knowing that that's you i turned the ghost record. off because it because, really well one, once i uh stopped playing levels that you hadn't played yet yeah then it was just my own ghost and it just frustrated me yeah but i'll probably turn it back on once we get once i get further yeah which i you know i'm i'm going at my pace which is pretty slow but it, it's i'm getting through it i think it's gonna be my uh i think one of these days, we have to come up with a like game of the year episode or something like that. Yeah, maybe we'll do it in December. That's usually when people do those. Yeah, but we'll have that to would be it. fun. We'll have to do it for our whole podcast at that point. Yeah, that's only five months away. Yeah, that's kind of scary. Crazy. Yeah. Yep. All right. All right. Well, the next thing is for Father's Day. I got Civilization Six. Okay, I know you've played these before. I, I I've had a long history with Civilization games from way back. Um, I I do enjoy that genre, but I find myself without the time to play them. But I am, and 
the last one I played before this was Civilization Revolution on the Xbox 360. Yeah, the kind of dumbed down one. It's it's a consoleized one. This one is not dumbed down, but it is consoleized, so they do have the menus and things very easy to use with a controller. Um, and it's very well done. So I'm enjoying it. I, ha- I haven't put as many hours into it as I want. Probably maybe three hours into it, which isn't long in Civilization. Um, but I'm getting the hang of it, and it's... Yeah, it, how long does it take to complete a... Oh, I don't know. I mean... Because you pretty much start at the beginning, yeah. work your way all the way up until you dominate the Earth, right? Yeah, and I'm, you know, I'm, I guess realistically, I'm probably two or three hours in, and I'm, I've only got three cities, which I know you can get, like, 10, 11, 12 yeah. cities. Um, and I'm, I just, I mean, I basically just invented the wheel. So I got chariots and that's about it right now. So, so it's fun. I've never really played one of those. Yeah. I did did play revolution. The one you're talking about. Yeah. And I think because it was so dumbed down, that was my first entry into it. It was hard for me to really get into it. Okay. I remember beating one career the the second time I tried it. Have you ever played a PC one? Nope. PC one's a real in-depth and, uh, I remember really enjoying them because, first of all, the old school ones had big manuals, which I love. I love big, big manuals <laughs> in games. Um, but it, it, it's the same spirit. It's it's it, it is really good. It's a nice consoleized version. And finally, I know my my daughter bought it for me. She found it finally on sale. I wasn't going to pay sixty bucks for it. Jeez, yeah. But uh, it finally dropped down. I think at Target for forty or something, and she picked it up yep. for me. Yeah, that's kind of the the flow of the game. They start at sixty and they yep. drop to forty. Yep. Oh yeah, so I, I got. W- well, I'll, I'll let you open this up. Yeah, so I I found this one originally, and I mentioned this a few episodes ago when I was talking about ridiculous game names. Yeah, <laughs> um, I mentioned some old ones. And you and you some made it more ones. ridiculous. <laughs> yes, I did. Um, so I've been looking at this game, and it looked so up my alley. Um, no pun intended. Um, <laughs> PG-13 show, guys. PG- we're not going to cuss. We're not going to get too out there. But not too graphic. You can read between some lines here. Um, but it's just a sweet twin-stick shooter. It looks really cool and pixelated, and it's called Riddled Corpse. Actually, it's called Riddled Corpses. Riddled EX. Corpses Now, EX. that is key for what we're about yes. to say next. Riddled Corpses EX. Now, when you do a hashtag and tell Twitter about a game you just played, you smash that whole word, yeah, the whole thing into one word. Riddled Corpses EX. So you can imagine what that looks like <laughs> on a hashtag. Um, one of my most popular posts ever. Yeah, people not, are like, yeah, what's not that? Not entirely because I intended it to be. Um, so, shows you the sicko nature of Twitter. Yeah, yeah. But it was pretty funny, and people... Uh, t- I learned that day that you can capitalize in your... Um, yeah. In your uh, in your hashtags on Twitter, Excellent. so now I know something. Excellent. Um, nonetheless, this game is just like a sweet twin stick shooter with really cool pixelated graphics, tons of action, things blowing up everywhere, corpses. Yep. Uh, you know, it's a zombie game, um, but with like uh, you know eight slash sixteen bit um, action. There's only five levels, which sounds like a bummer. It's kind of it is kind of a bummer, but it's got that Dead Cells approach where you play through and try to collect as much loot as possible before you die, and then you can use that to upgrade your character, which you yeah. do it again, and it never gets old. I, I've no. played... I could look at my Switch right now, but I think I'm at six hours, and I'm on the fourth level now, and uh, I've unlocked three different characters, and they each have different abilities. Uh, you know, One hoovers up all the the treasure as you kill zombies, and they drop treasure. They, they just absorb it, uh, yeah. so you don't have to go collect it all. And then the next guy above that 
when you kill someone, they drop twice as much treasure, so you can collect it quicker. Um, but that's basically the gameplay is um, shoot and kill everything. There's also little stopwatches that you can use to pause everything. And dynamite. Dynamite, which will blow up all the small enemies on the screen and do some damage to the big bosses that are on the screen. Yeah. Um, you just have to check it out. It's really cool. So when you tweeted this out, I was just happy to be bored and was like, I want a new game for my Switch. And when you said it was a twin-stick shooter, I'm a sucker for that because I love that genre. Um, so I went and got it, and it was cheap. I mean, how much was seven-something? It was on sale at that point for seven ninety nine. Yeah, yeah. So I was, U.S. dollars. Yeah, in U.S. dollars. Freedom uh, dollars. Fourth no- of July! Yeah, no-brainer. I grabbed it. I loved it. I was sitting there playing it. Absolutely loved it. My son comes walking in and we've discussed him on the podcast before something yeah and he you know he's just big into modern gaming like csgo and Fortnite. but he comes in he looks at he's like oh what is that it looks cool and i i explained it to him and i started was starting to lose him because of the pixelated graphics and i was like yeah it's a twin stick shooter meaning you shoot with the other stick and he's like what do you mean which button and i'm like no the other stick he's never played really he's never played a twin stick shooter before at all. So I said, hey, give it a shot. I gave it to him, and he started playing it. He loved it. And so he loved it, and I went to work. He's off on summer break. He played it all day. He got That's further. Awesome. He got further than I did. Um, so he made it to level two, and I was still in level one at that, at that time. And then I said, hey, you know what, Sam? This is a two-player game. Heck yeah. So we both did two-player, and we got further than either of us had ever gotten before. Like to well, playing together. Well, now we're just going to have to yeah. try to use that Nintendo online account we both paid for and we don't know why. And can we do... Can, I wonder if that one can be played We need to like try that. something online. Yeah, we got to. Other than the ghost thing. I paid thing. for the yeah. damn thing. <laughs> played Tetris like five times and then haven't used it since, so... No. Nah. Um, so anyway, uh, Riddled Corpses EX. EX. Great game. Big thumbs up. Uh, twin stick shooter. Pixelated graphics. Retro inspired. Excellent game. Yep. I suggest it. Yep. And actually, what I really liked on it, to, uh, to, sorry to keep talking about it, um, you could do straight um, pixel mode, you can also do the scan lines, and you can do the little the TV bent classic TV thing. Oh, I Most tried games, that I, I hate that. For whatever reason, I, I left it on. I'm not changing it. I love it. it so what does that mean? Like it ripples the screen or something? Yeah, it makes or... it look like you're on a rounded CRT. Okay. Hmm. And for whatever reason, it just adds to the atmosphere. It just feels perfect. I'll have to try that. I've I've left it on. Yeah. So the next thing here is Shakedown Hawaii. We've talked a little bit about that on You showed me a little episode. gameplay, and I want this So the game is awesome, bad. but it, the game was good. Uh, I'll give it good. Okay. Um, it was probably... It amazing. Yeah, it was probably... I'd give it... I, I, I was going to give it like maybe 7 out of 10 Hawaiian Islands. Okay, okay. Um, but then they released the patch. Remember we had talked about the patch a little bit? Because there were a lot of flaws in the game. One, And they mainly were about the map, like trying to navigate around the map you and getting around that. the okay. city. Yep. A lot of little quirks that just made it like, you were like, oh my God, did anybody test this? This is so obvious, obviously bad. Well, he listened to all of it or already knew about some of these things. Came out with this big old patch and it fixed almost every little complaint I had about the game. It's pretty nearly perfect now. Really? Yeah, it's a blast. I um, love that. A lot of cutscenes, and that would be my only minor complaint about it. Although the cutscenes are pretty funny and interesting, so I'm okay with them. As you know, I'm not a big fan of that. Um, but otherwise, a lot of fun. I, I'm having a blast with it. Talk about twin-stick shooters. There's a lot of elements in the game where you can use the other stick to fire yeah because it, it's kind of a top-down gta 
style exactly. game, but exactly. then it, it kind of switches into other modes depending on what you're doing. Depending sometimes. on what you're doing, there's like little mini games. A lot of the mini games are like arena style twin stick shooters, almost like uh, remember Smash TV, mm-hmm. yeah, kind of like that. Um, yeah, a lot of throwbacks fun. to arcade games. I mean, it's a blast. So. I highly recommend it. I, I need to get back to it because I had to do all my pixel guide and homework. I need to... Sorry, I keep taking away from the things you uh, love. I'm picking the things I love. Yeah, exactly. I say I. I usually end up <clears throat> picking some of these games that you have to go find, Cody. I'll, I'll go... <laughs> Not true. <laughs> I found some, some great games that way. Anyway, so that's... That that's my two cents. Fine, on Cody. We'll play Jurassic Park. Oh wait, that was not that me. wasn't that was exactly. <laughs> Night one of for quick questions. Next time you have to say, what are your top down moments for uh, your worst moments on Pixel Guide? You know, what? we'll do that in two weeks. <laughs> exactly. Or for us right now in two hours. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, pulling back the curtain. We record both episodes at once. That's right. Um, Battle Chef Brigade. We talked about this last time. I picked up a hard copy. I love the fact that Best Buy and Limited and Run Games have some games they're doing together. And I've so seen you, it at Best Buy, yeah. Yeah, you can get some of these small uh, independent games, hard copy for yeah. the Switch, without having to go through you know, the whole, hey, everyone, try to buy our game at this time on this website, and you'll have three seconds to try to you know save a copy right, before like, they run out. I hate that. Like jump in there and... Uh... yeah. So I picked up Battle Chef Brigade. Uh, we talked about it. I showed it to you last time. I hadn't played it. Well, I went ahead and tried to play it. Okay. Um, I would be surprised. I, I would be lying if I didn't say I'm a little let down. Okay. Because I heard great things about the game. Okay. Um, it's kind of a. It's a, the, the basic gameplay when you're playing the game is match three, kind of, kind of. It's actually its own thing. It's very unique. Um, I actually really like that that gameplay, the puzzle gameplay. You basically, it's the theme they tagged onto it. Um, it's heavily tagged on. Is you're a chef doing these like um, you know the Japanese game shows where you're not game shows, but the the chef battles like Iron like, Chef, Iron Chef, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And you're trying to beat up these other chefs, but the mechanism is you physically run outside and it becomes like an action platformer, and you're beating up these animals that are out there. And when you you know drain their HP, they turn into their meat. <laughs> right, right. I, see, I saw some kill graphics. Kill a like yeah. plant; it'll become a flower bud or whatever. Anyways, yeah. And you collect all this stuff, run back to your kitchen, and then you can choose to put those ingredients into. Uh, you have three burners in front of you, so you can put pots on them, and certain pots you earn have different benefits. So, like one pot might say, um, "There's basically three, three. There's water, fire, and earth orbs." And you might have a pot that says, "Well." Matching three does nothing for fire and earth, but for water, now you only have to match two. So you can pull it in there and match a bunch of twos and make them bigger, better ones, then grab that food, put it on an, in another pan, and reduce something else to it. Sometimes you have two or three chefs you're trying to feed, so you're juggling all these pots and matching different... That part's really cool. The problem is, I would say that it is 60% story... 20% weird little side mini games that are vaguely related to either the action platforming, which isn't that fun, or the puzzle elements, and then only about, you know, whatever the remainder is there, is actually that that act, that gameplay. Oh. If this whole game was 90% that gameplay and then 10% other stuff, I would love it. Really? A um, lot of story. You're walking through, talking to people. Um, there's little, like, puzzles and things that are just, I'm just like, get out of the way. I want to play the game. Yeah. So I think a lot of people love it for that reason. And what I'm starting to realize is a lot of the anime style games people love because they love this 
to me cheesy tacked on stories they yeah. eat that stuff up i want to play the game so you're a lot like me in there because as you know i have to a, a point yeah, yeah i, yeah, I, I have a huge history of just saying i just don't like games that have too much you know what do you call them uh screens uh dialogue like and... dialogue and uh if i wanted to watch a movie i'll watch a movie if i wanted to watch yeah. a tv show I'll watch a tv show or an anime or whatever but i'm not when i want to when i play games i want to play the game and i don't mind some story but too much kills it like red dead redemption just killed it for me like yeah. the newer one i was like no just so in this game in the career mode or whatever which is all there is so <clears throat> as okay. far as i can see i'm hoping when you yeah. beat the game you can play all kinds of other stuff i don't know okay i should probably look that up because at this point i'm like on level halfway through level four out of five so i'm so you're almost done no halfway through level five out of six no I'm, i've almost finished it uh, i have like 10 hours into it because i do find that most most games that are like that are really heavy on the story stuff in the beginning because they're setting up the world they're like world building yeah no this was and then the whole you, game yeah, because I, I think that's what Red Dead Redemption is like, is like a bunch of story in the beginning, and then eventually it gets into gameplay. But yeah, I, I yeah that once I watched some videos of that game, because I was telling you, oh, that looks interesting. Yeah. I watched the videos, and I'm like, puzzles? Nah, I'm yep. probably out, because I'm not a big puzzle guy either, so. But I do, well, again, I love, like, <clears throat> falling block puzzles, or yeah. those kind of puzzle games where you're... Yeah, me too. Yeah. Me too. Which is a completely different type of game yeah. also called a puzzle game but yeah they actually have sections where they're like figure this one out yeah and i still kind of enjoyed them but i just wanted to get the meat of the game and it was so hard to get to the meat and then it was over so quick yeah because i was so good at it so do you think once you <laughs> finish the game you will because you're so good for sorry. you sorry sorry once once you think you're finished with the game do you think you'll just sell it or something oh i don't know okay i don't know i haven't thought about that i haven't thought, thought that far yet I, I I love owning physical copies of games. Sure, um, I did enjoy it. Like I would probably give it a seven out of ten. Okay, um, you just have to be the right person for it. I think seven out of what? Seven out of like seven point five out of eleven. Um, of what? Uh, piranha what plants. About? Okay, there you that's go. <laughs> something they cook in the game. I think they call them something else, but they're like piranha plants. Okay, sorry, my rating scale there was too standard. <laughs> um. Well, cool I'm sorry, piece of I'm hardware came out for the Switch. I think you showed me this. I'm I'm sorry to hear that that game was kind of a dud because well, I mean, you said it, you it liked wasn't it. a dud. I think most people would actually really get into it. I just really wanted to get heavy into a puzzle game, and it wasn't that. Okay, it could have been that, but it wasn't that. Fair enough. Fair enough. So this is a show and tell item. So I did bring um, this. Oh, I didn't know you actually got this. I did, and because they're they're not expensive, they're pretty cheap. So what what I just handed him is a a grip for the Nintendo Switch. You snap your Switch into it, and it gives you kind of handles. Hold on. Yeah, yeah. Keep talking. He, yeah, he I'm is just... getting taking his headphones off. I can reach over there and grab it if you want me to. Oh, I'm, okay. You stay on the mic, my friend. All right. So uh, basically, I I I have read things about people saying. Well, trying to hold the switch for prolonged periods or in bed or something is a problem because it kind of slips out of your hands. And when you're trying to use the the bumper buttons on the top, you lose the grip on the switch and it makes you hold it tighter and it causes fatigue in your wrists. It's funny you say that because <clears throat> the switch is by far the most comfortable handheld system I've played. And I don't disagree with you, but there have been times when I felt like it could slip out of my hands or 
it wasn't as comfortable. So I decided to try this one. And if you look on the, so this one, you snap your switch into it and it gives you little, almost like lumps on the side, which are more kind of like a Xbox 360 or PS4 controller. Um, it, it allows you to grip the game, the grip, the whole system a little better. Um, and if you'll notice that one that I got, if you look on the back, it has little pl- sw- places for your cartridges. Yeah, I see that. So you can load them up. Cool little feature. <clears throat> so that that one, I don't remember because I don't have the box with me. I don't remember what manufacturer did that one. I do think that um, there is a better one that has more rubberized grips. See how those are kind of shiny and smooth? Yeah. But they, they're textured, so they grip. They are textured, yep. And they do grip. But there is one that is softer, almost rubber on the side. And I think I would like that one a little bit better. Um, the, these only go are like 14 bucks, So, I mean, yeah, it's, it's not like going to break plastic the bank. You snap everything into. Yeah. So, uh, unlike the flip grip, which we both like for Tate mode, mm-hmm. uh, that one is like if you're going to stay in landscape mode and play your games for longer durations i think it actually would hand would increase the ergonomics better what do you think yeah i agree i i don't have enough big enough problem with the way it already is personally but yeah i could see that yeah for 14 bucks why not yep and Um, and you know later on when we talk about the news in the next episode episode 15 that's true um Ori is coming out with actual Joy-Cons that are shaped like that. Yeah, I definitely want to touch on that. Yeah, so we'll talk about that in episode 15 um, coming up soon. Don't go look that up for the two weeks that we're we're not going to be here. I didn't give the name of it. I didn't give the name of it. You said Ori. But it's got a name. You'll never find it. You'll have to wait for our link. (laughs) Exactly. Um, Yeah, and this thing, what's cool about this, it does leave a little gap there so you can still use the stand, which no one actually uses. That's right. There it is. Yeah. That's pretty cool. No, for 14 bucks, I thought, and if it saves any kind of hand fatigue at all, yeah, it's probably worth it. Cool. Um, all right. Boom, boom, boom. So, this oh, actually, I, I remember you talking about this. Next yeah, this one. is going to be a lot bigger than I uh, than what I think it's going to be here. But let me grab it. Okay. Oh, you put a little shield up. I didn't even notice that. Yeah, the you're like hiding all my, the goodies. I, you know, have you not noticed I do that every time? I, I well, it hasn't always been that, has it? That big, big not poster. Not quite this big, but more. Or less. Right. Do you know what this? This so it's a big white piece of styrofoam board. Yeah. This is uh This was the screen that I used when we did the multiplayer game night with the projector. Oh, is it? Okay. Yep. So, <laughs> have you actually helped held one of these yet, or not? No, and I, I like this is on my list to purchase uh, someday if I find one. What is it, Eric? It is a Neo Geo Pocket. Is it color? Yep. Is that is there a differentiation? There's not a Neo Geo. Oh, there is. Is there? So here's so mine is complete in box. I've got the box here and everything. Yeah. Um. You can see some of the games on the back. Mine still like, actually has a, which I love, actually has the price tag from what was originally sold for $69.99. And it's funny because the one I have is in ocean blue, which is, I call it blue camo. It is blue camo, yeah. Um, Definitely. And I like how the how the screenshots on the back are nice and bright because the screen isn't that bright, is it? I love the screen. Oh, I'll have to check it out. Yeah. Can, um, I, can I turn fact, this on? Yeah, turn it on in the mic so we can hear the uh, startup tune. Well, actually, yeah. is it? loud enough i'll try it let me uh so anyways the neo geo pocket color is a handheld system that came out i want to say in 98 late 90s oh there it is the button that says power on it that's usually it so hold it you have to actually hold it down for like a second 
Can you hear that? Barely. It's a nice little sound. Yeah, right? Yeah. I love that startup song. Okay. So it is not backlit. No, it's but not. But the screen itself um, is very vibrant. You're, of course, right now you're probably in the worst lighting possible. But um, No, it's I not love, bad. I it's love the color on that. It's definitely better than the Game Boy Advance mm-hmm. um, or the Game Boy, you know. Color or. Yeah. Um, no, if you shine a light right on this, it looks good. Whereas if you're outside, that thing like is glistening. Yeah, um, I really like the screen on that. Yeah, it would be nice if it was backlit, but that's probably the best non-backlit screen I am aware of. What kind of batteries does it take? Double A's. So that I put two double A's in that a month ago. Okay, and I have played 15 hours of the game that we'll talk about here in a second, and it's still running. Um, no, I got to get one of these. I, I just. I've found a couple locally, but the screens are always scratched up. It's funny you say that. So my, this one was perfect. And being a dummy, we went. I went to um, my daughter's swimming meet. Yeah. And I threw this in my pocket to play it. No big deal. Because it's called the pocket. Yeah. Right? And it fits in your pocket. And Neo I, had, Geo pocket. I walked around for one hour with my keys in the same pocket. Yeah. That's not and good. I screwed it up. But even if you put it in a backpack, because before I got a case for my Switch, I used to just throw my Switch in the backpack. Yeah. And it has a screen protector on it, but I always worried, this is just going to ding it up. And yeah, that's what got me to get a case for it. So the good news is for about five bucks, I can buy a replacement bezel. Oh, cool. But I need to find this one with the blue outline since I have a blue camo yeah. Neo Geo pocket. Yep. But then you can also get screen protectors, which I need to do now that I know that. So yeah. I actually am considering buying one another one of these just in a different color just because I love the system so much. Look how bright that is. Yeah. Do they have an EverDrive for that? We'll get there. Why did my we'll voice get, get so high there? I don't know, Eric. Cody. What? Because <laughs> um, if it has an EverDrive, I'm in. And I, I got to see if Crix has one because Crix No, he doesn't back. have one. Aww. And if he did have it, it'd probably be made in... USA. Oh, it's new. No, no, no. Maybe it would be made in... China. There you go. I got to use my new sound effects. (laughs) Um, So anyways, actually, well, I'm sorry. I'm going to keep talking about this thing because I love it. Yeah. Where I'm at right now, the screen is extremely vibrant. Yeah. uh, No, when I shifted. Did you feel the joystick on that? Yeah, it's clicky. You can put um, put that in the mic. Let me get in there. You got it. Audio. Oh, precious. Yeah. Crunchy. So obviously, um, I'll, I'll tell you the truth here. My Cody's Corner, actually, it's the first $100 segment this month. Yeah. So in two weeks, you'll hear it, and it's about the Neo Geo Pocket, what you do with uh, your first $100 for games for this thing. Yeah, I got to get one of those. Now I love I'm... the system. It's weird because it's small enough, it's comfortable enough, but it's still kind of blocky. Um, and you're saying the screen's pretty cheap and easy to replace, right? You just not, use a not heat the gun? Screen. It's No, they say you just put a... I no, no, that's it. what I meant. The, the, the plexiglass cover over cover, it. yeah. They say you just put a little... Um, what do you call it? Screwdriver in there and pop it off. Oh, okay. Because yeah, usually glue. use like a heat gun to loosen up the glue and then you pop it off. Because um, I've changed the ones on Game Boy before. Gotcha. I haven't. Then, I haven't done it yet. So, well, if that's the case, I should have picked. I, I've I've literally seen one those for forty, thirty, thirty, forty bucks, but the screens were always jacked up. So that when I got this, I got it with a bunch of games for that price. Now these are going for oh, a, I know, hundred bucks all day. Yeah, which is a bummer. I'm gonna hit up my guys at Legacy. and the games have gone up a ton. Um, so anyways, i got a whole pile of games here. I've got some complete in box. Um, I've actually got a few more. Oh, I've never seen an, an, uh, the SNK boxes. Oh, they're really nice. They actually, uh, yeah, they open up and there's a room for the game. There's a manual in each one. They're pretty solid. Oh, there's a little manual in here. I've never seen that. I've seen loose games. 
Never seen a box. Yep. I've got a few here. Baseball Stars. I heard Baseball Stars is supposed to be an excellent game. Is it? You'll hear more about this in my thing, but almost every game is excellent. And I think this is one of those things, and the reason that they're almost all excellent excellent, is they're all made by S&K. Yeah. Almost all of them. Yeah. Which means there are limited number of games, right? I mean, it's probably you can maybe shoot for a full collection. Is it one of those they're, kind of systems? Yeah, well, they're way too expensive now. Oh yeah, yeah. But yes, you probably it probably wouldn't be a hard one to get to get them all to get them all. Yeah. Um, with a few exceptions, you're gonna have to spend hundreds of dollars on certain games. Gotcha. Um, but that being said, the games are great, and even though there's probably eighty to a hundred games that were sold in America, and a few that were a few that were non-American yeah. exclusive, but it's not. It's they're not, almost all great. They're almost all great. They're almost all good. It doesn't have region blocking, though, does it? No. Not to my knowledge, no. Yeah, yeah, perfect. Anyways, the reason I brought it up... Yeah, perfect. USA! My perfect button is no longer perfect. Uh, USA! You know, did you lose the perfect button? The perfect button is now USA. USA. Uh, I love perfect. Because because Independence Day. I'll just have to do it myself. Perfect! You win! Well, that's, um, that's good. So anyways, what I've been playing on this is a game I've been wanting to play for a long time, and I just never got around to doing it. Okay. And it is... I'll go through it. <laughs> that one. And that one. Look at those. That is called Card Fighters Clash. Yes. And you'll notice I have two copies of it. Yes, you do. One is yellow, one is blue. So that game is a really cool card fighting game, if you want to call it. It's almost like a dumbed-down Magic the Gathering. Yeah. Um, but it's a really cool game where you walk through this overworld and there's like different locations you can go to and there's different it's all kids in there and you uh you know try to battle them with your deck yeah and it's a really cool it's really and and you can customize your deck yeah it's really basic and simple you start with 50 cards yeah if you start with the blue one you start with 50 capcom characters if you start with the yellow one you start with 50 snk characters oh wow but then as you play kids and you beat them they give you like four to five cards each time you beat them yeah and then you can start modifying your deck and creating your own strategies and playing harder kids that will give you better cards and you try to work your way to like the finals and win and i put 15 hours into this game in the last 30 days since we talked that's amazing yeah i love it you haven't beat it yet uh i have not beat it yet i do want to yeah um i fully suggest this game even if you only get to where i've got i'm at a point now where there's this crazy block between where i've how much i've done and there's not a whole lot else I can do until I beat the next character, but it's so much more difficult than, the, than all the rest. I bet. That there's kind of this weird gap Yeah. that I'm trying to figure out if you just are supposed to grind for another 10 hours to get more cards to try to beat it. I don't know. But it, it's been awesome. Love that game. All right. Um, and uh, I'm hoping that the BitBoy, like with that patch, actually has a Neo... It would be cool if it had a Neo Geo Pocket Yeah, I mean, emulator. I wouldn't think there's any reason it can't. No. And there's so many games that are exclusive to the system, too. It's not like you're going to find... They're not just ports. Yeah. There are some good ports. Um, anyways, I've also played this Sonic game all the way through. Beat that. Oh, I didn't even it's, know there was a Sonic game on there. Yep. Sonic Pocket Adventure. It's unique to the system. You're not going to find this particular Sonic game anywhere else. Beat that one. That's awesome. I always get a kick out of these. Pac-Man. It's like, this came out, like, how many years after the original Pac-Man? Yeah. And they still re- release Pac-Man on stuff? Sure. It looks like it's standard Pac-Man, so I've never actually played this. Um, it's funny, though, because I've been looking into getting a flash cart or EverDrive. Yes. There are two out there, and I have not pulled the trigger on either one yet because I can't figure out what to do. Okay. There's one by a company called Retro HQ. Okay. 
You've probably heard of them. Is it U.S. based? No, they are UK, uh, out of the U.K. U.K., that's what I was going to say. I think I've seen their ads like in Retro Gamer. Yeah. And so they make one at 70 euros right now, plus like 5 euros shipping, which means it's like 100 bucks. It's not bad. It's not bad. Um, cool thing about that one is it's kind of like the MSX flash cart we have, where you can download, you can put your whole S- SD card in there with all your games, but you can only load like three or four, depending on how big they are, into flash memory. Yes. And so basically on the card at any given time, you've got three or four games, but you can always open up the BIOS and swap them out. Okay. Which takes some time, but it's not difficult. It just takes time for the software to do it. Okay. Um, That's the one I want. The problem is it takes them months to make those. Okay. So So they don't have them them in stock. And now this is based off a YouTube video I just watched. But yeah, they are made to order. You put your money in, put in a pre-order. They get around to making them eventually, and eventually they ship them to you. The guy in the video I saw said his took seven months. Yeah. I'm like, I don't want to wait seven months. Right. So there's also one made here in the... USA! <clears throat> from nice. a, a guy. Um, the, the unit is called the Flashmaster. Okay. Flash Neo Master. Geo pa- Pocket Flashmaster. Um, and this one is only 50 bucks, 60 bucks. Okay. What's the catch? The catch is... And actually, this one is made... like it, The cartridges looks just like the real cartridge. Whereas the Retro HQ one is, um, I think it's still uh, printed. What do you got? 3D printed. Yeah. So this one looks legit. Problem with this one is it is a flash cart, not a SD solution. I think you can plug this into your computer with a USB drive. And you flash one game. You can flash two games. Oh. But there's literally a little switch on the front. So yeah. So you want game one or you physically switch over to game two to play game two. If it was fairly free-ish, free-ish shipping, then that might be worth it. But if not, I'd just go for the other solution. I, I, with the, if it wasn't for the lead time, I'd buy the other solution right now. <clears throat> yeah. So, I have a hard time with because the truth is, I have a bunch of these games individually right here I could play. If I had one cart in there that could play all the games just from that one cart, that would be ideal. That's the beauty of the EverDrive, right? If I have a cart that plays two games, but every time I want to change them, I have to plug it into my computer, pull up some special software use the software to do I, no i'm not going to do that right realistically i'm not going to do that yeah so that that cart that cost me 60 bucks is essentially just going to become two games yeah now yeah if the other one wasn't available at all then i think the other one would be fine but yeah you're right that would get old fast yeah so it's funny <clears throat> because i just sold this game here hoping to buy that cart so this is a complete in-box game. I would consider that one of the very few shovelware titles on the system. Okay. That being fa- said, I have no idea if that game is any good or not. Okay. Uh, it's called, what is it called? Mystery Bonus? It's called Pocket Casino Series Neo Mystery Bonus. And if you look on the back, it looks like just a plain old boring... Casino game. Um, like a... Like the Jack- Arm Bandit? Like the- Arm Bandit. <laughs> is that, that's what they're well, called, in the, right? in the UK, they call them fruit machines. Okay, okay. But yeah, that's just a slot machine simulator with, like, not even fancy slot machines. We're talking about, like, the three reels with the sevens and apples and... Yep. And then there's also, looks like some blackjack card games. It looks like the most generic shovelware, like, hey, here's casino games for your Neo Geo Pocket. So... Anyways, it's complete in box. I'm never going to play it, and I just sold it for 80 bucks. Wow. So I hope they enjoy that part of their collection. And if you're collecting it, you need that. It's in perfect condition. Yeah. So great. I'm never going to play it. Yep. I'm going to hand it back so I don't screw it up. So if I sell... Drop it in my beer. Yep. So I need to go get this in the mail. But since I sold this, I can, in theory, buy the Flashmaster right now and turn this into every game. Flashmaster. 
that's what I'm hoping to do. Anyways, love the system. Yeah. Look into it. You can get all kinds of different colors, see-through, uh, green camo. This I'm going to call blue camo. I've seen the orange one. Okay, orange, it's like, really. It's like an orange camo, I, th- I thought. Maybe. Maybe I'm wrong. There's a couple ones. There's one that's like really rare. It's called it's after the. Uh, there's a Japanese baseball team called the Tigers. Okay. And so it's yellow and black striped. Oh, it actually cool. looks terrible uh, to be honest. With yeah, you, but... I wonder if that's the one I saw. That could be. Anyway, yeah. Cool. Well, I've been on the lookout for one of those for a while, but I have to say, now I now I want. You got to you got to do it before they go any higher because the they problem. are going up. Yeah, you're right. So because I will, I almost get... bought another one the other day just to have a different yeah. color and. I, I don't know why. I just feel like I need two of it. I, I, I will get a flash cart one way or another, even if it's the flashable one, because that doesn't bother me too much. Well, with the game, again, these games are averaging like 40 bucks now, even if you don't get them boxed. Yeah. There's some games that are like 20. Yeah. There's very few it, that are less than that. So. It just seems like Neo Geo's people are crazy for that. So. Yeah. All right. Awesome system. Oh, so I didn't talk about it, but yeah, the first system came out a year before the color did. Okay. It was black and white only. Okay. A year later, that's they said, thought. let's throw color on it. And so almost everything made for this that's out there is for color. Yeah. There's only a few games that are black and white. I think this will play the black and white ones, but there's no reason to get the black and white one. Yeah. They're probably rare because, probably expensive because they're rare because no one bought the black and white one. Yeah. And it's funny because only... It's cool you have the box, too. Yeah. It's funny because only... Um, I mean, these were only out for like a couple years before they were blowing them out at stores. So right. they actually took the product. I think another company owned the rights in America at this point. They put the the th- that box with one of the uh, systems into a blister pack with six games for like thirty nine ninety nine. And they're just hanging on on store shelves trying to sell the unit with six games for forty bucks. Yeah. And you can still buy find some of those blister packs on Amazon. They still have stock. But they're like two hundred and something bucks now. They we caught need, on. We need to make a time machine. But even when I got this four years ago, they were sell, still selling those blister packs for yeah. 20, 30 bucks. Uh, with just the games, they had blister packs that had four games in them. Yeah. On Amazon for 20, 30 bucks. That was only like four years ago. So. All right. Yeah, it's frustrating because I'm still trying to find that holy grail of like, what machine is it now that I'm not paying attention to that's a great machine with great games yeah. that are dirt cheap and what am I not jumping on? And uh, I'll actually jump... I'm going to jump ahead one here because that's a perfect segue. The okay, Wii. Okay, cool. The Wii, Eric. The Wii. Yeah. And I have a Wii. And it's modded and... On the, right now, everyone dismisses this. And they there's do. a ton of shovelware on there. There is. But I went to uh, our favorite... <clears throat> GameStop. GameStop? <laughs> Not a huge fan, but... Nope. They do have sales every once in a while for games that are like... If you can find... Three games that are all under ten, no, under five dollars. Then the only chair. Why was it four for ten? Anyways, these were all two dollars and fifty cents each. I can imagine they're shoveling out Wii games left and right. Yeah, and most of it's garbage. But I found some games here that I've been wanting. Yeah, and they're two fifty each. My my goodness, Ghost Squad. You told me about how great this game is. I have that one. Yeah. Yeah, and I love shooters. If, if you have the gun, do you have the gun? On rail shooters. I've got mul- look at these. I got those up there. That's it. I got multiple guns. You're set up. Um, You're set up because you slip the slip the Wii controller in that. That my son and I again. That was a game we bonded over. We played yeah. that. We played that a ton. That's a great one. Yep, for two fifty, I had to have that. In fact, you got to hook that up to your big TV. Get out there and you know the big TV out front. 
I have the one in the in the kids' room. Oh, like the CRT? Yeah, because you have to use. Oh, I guess you don't have to with the Wii. Not with the Wii, no. So you sure. could actually because it takes the light bar. Yep. So you could put that on a giant LCD downstairs and like have fun. Like that's a know. good call. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I picked up Resident Evil 4, okay. which is one of the best games ever made. Is it? And it's supposed to be even better on the Wii. I've never played it on the Wii, but it gets the, the, contro- the control screen, the control scheme works really well. <laughs> I, I heard that the Wii version of that game is fun because it's actually a little bit easier, easier to navigate, hmm. and that, that makes it a lot more Dude, playable. The, the PS2 one was extremely easy to navigate. Okay. My opinion. Yeah. Anyways, I picked up the uh, sequel to Nights into Dreams. Yes. Which is on the Wii called Night's Journey of Dreams. So, cool. That is cool. 250. Yeah, that is cool. Sonic and the Secret Rings. Not everyone's favorite Sonic game, but for 250. Yeah. Solid little title. Okay. Super Monkey Ball, Banana Blitz. Love these games. I don't think I've ever played one. They're really fun. Okay. They're like basically a table. You're controlling the table, and there's a marble on it, and you're basically rolling the marble around. Okay. But the marble is a monkey inside of a ball. Nice. And uh, Alien Syndrome, which is like a remake of the old game. Which uh, Alien Syndrome's fun. Yeah. Yeah, and, I, uh, I, I actually heard, like that game a lot. I've heard good things about this one, and I believe, I'm trying to read on here. Have you played the old school? The old school Alien Syndrome, where you're, it's yeah. like the top-down looking... I played a bunch of it on the Master System. Yes, yes, that's I think where I played it, too. In fact, in fact I have the actual <clears> cartridge. Okay. Because I picked that up when I bought my Sega Master System as the test cartridge. Gotcha. Yeah, I think I... I actually sold a lot of my Master System games because I got the EverDrive. So yes, I just... exactly. See, when I bought mine, because you know where Fair Game is over in Carmichael? Yeah. I bought my Sega Master System there, and I had to get a cartridge so I could at least test it and play it, and that's the one I got. It's game built in. It's Master System. But then I couldn't test the cartridge part. Which one's built into yours? It's, um, I don't know, that maze-ish? That, it's oh, like they a maze have a little snail game. maze? Yeah, yeah. Lame. <laughs> yeah, it is lame. Mine had 3D Missile Command or whatever Mine it is. Mine does 3D. not have that one, no. And my the one I had growing up had Alice Kid. Oh, oh that would be a cool... That it was a Master cool. System 2. It was yeah. the cost-reduced one. Right. Anyways, you've been playing some Amiga. <clears throat> so the Amiga, uh, do you? I know we've had in our news, I think, twice in two past episodes, we talked about Coco Banana. Yeah. And, and it, it actually came out. It actually came out, and I grabbed it. And there were there was rumors that it was going to cost money, but I went to the website and downloaded a full version, and it wasn't a demo or anything. It was a full version, so it's free. Um, I can't run it, but that's cool. Right. I'll enjoy that. You're, Me yeah. and my 500. <laughs> so I played it, and it is fun. It is a little clunky. I think it's written in... It's kind of written in a in some kind of language on the Amiga and I, I can't, it escapes me now. It's, it's a higher level language or not. Um, it's not low level to the hardware. So it's not like machine language. Oh, okay. Um, so uh, listen, it's not a bad game. It's a little, yeah. See Amos. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Amos is the software. See where it said down there. Gotcha. Um, it, it's a little clunky, but it's a decent platform. It's actually a lot of fun. Uh, the levels are pretty well designed. Uh, the graphics are pretty good. Um, it's just a little clunky. So, um, okay. see, now that takes ECS. What, what, what is so your... It takes five- ECS, but I have a 500... I have a 512 okay. RAM Chip with RAM? a 512 expansion. But I don't think this can do it, because this has to be one megabyte chip RAM, right? Yeah, but it sees. I think if you turn the sound effects and music off, you can get. 
I don't know. 1.5 megabytes free chip RAM is what they need for music and sound effects. See, I think you could get it to work. Can I? Is there a, 500. Is there like more memory I can pop into mine to I make think it 1.5? Th- I think, yes. Uh, I'm going to say yes. I think there's even a sidecar memory expansion you can get on that. With enough money, you can do anything. Eric. That's right. That's right. Uh, but anyway, so I played Coco Banana. I got through maybe three or four levels. Um, it, it's it's a solid little platformer. Um, cool. It's a little clunky, but it's pretty decent. All right. All right. I was looking into that one. Yep. Another fun little project. I don't know why I never thought about this before. Okay. I'll try to do this quick. So my daughters have Nintendo DSs I gave them. Yes. Because I wanted them to play all the little shovelware games that they would love and I would hate. Yeah. Um. But when I bought mine, I never even noticed it came with this until recently. I was looking at it, and I'm like, holy crap. What is it? Have you seen that? No. That is an R4 cart? There's a bunch of different t- versions of that. I don't know what this is. Well, look in the top. Yeah, is it Wi-Fi? No, just look in the top of the thing. Oh, it's got a little SD card in it. Yeah, that's to play. They actually make ones for the 3DS, too. I mean, they're at... At this point, we're not even pretending it's not piracy. It's straight up, they're still selling this stuff. So please don't just rip off games. Um, but that one is for the DS, and that little SD card can play any DS games on it. Any of them? Any of them. Wow. You can load that thing up and play DS. Where'd you get that? I, it came with the D, one of the DSs I bought my girls. They had a bunch of games in there, and this was in there. That's pretty cool. So uh, I wanted to give it a shot, so I loaded a couple things on it. Now, it does not work on the 3DS. Yes. This I is, imagine it wouldn't. Even though the 3DS can play DS games, yes. this one will not work with it. You have to get one for the 3DS. Okay. But uh, yeah, Do they I, have those for the 3DS? Because yeah, last time don't. I looked, I thought the 3DS wasn't hacked yet. Well, this isn't... Yeah, no, they've had these since the 3DS came out. In fact, they okay. were worried that the 3DS was going to fail because of these things. Mm. But luckily it didn't. Okay. <clears throat> um, but anyways, at this point... I want to throw like some of the Castlevania games and a couple of the... Yeah, there's a bunch of good DS stuff out there, Yeah, uh, which they're not selling anymore. Um, I want to give it a shot. So I tried it. It works beautifully, but I have to use my daughter's DS. So now I'm on the lookout for a, a decent DS for myself. Right. And correct me if I'm wrong here, because I, I looked into this, but the earlier DSs will also play Game Boy Advance games, right? Correct. There's three yeah. models. Of, there's the original yeah. DS, which is big and chunky and really not that great. Yep. Then there's the Lite, DS Lite, and the DSi. That's right. And the, the Lite one was the one I remember back in the day. I was like, hey, I want to get that because it'll also play Game Boy Advance games, and it will do... Yeah, the first two did that. The yeah. DSi got rid of that port. Okay. For yeah, the that's Game Boy right. Advance that's games. right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. All right. So yep. you should get one that plays all, as many as many games as you can, right? Yeah, I want to get a Lite. Yeah, yeah. And they're like 20 25 bucks, but the problem is with almost... All Nintendo consoles, they're all destroyed and beat to hell. They are, yeah. So if I can find a really nice one for $35, i will do it. Yeah. And the, uh, like I said, the uh, Game Boy, excuse me, Game Boy SP that I got is pristine. It looks really good. Oh, cool. Which is very uncommon. I, I That's cool that you showed me that R4. I've never seen one of those before. I didn't even know they existed. I didn't know there was any SD it's card funny solution. You can go online and try to buy them, but they're off of like really shady websites. So, so I'd you, never want to try to buy one myself anyways. But you just got one. It just showed up with the with the eBay listing. That's like really cool. T- two or three years ago. That's pretty cool. I just never noticed it until now. So, <laughs> neat. neat. That yeah. is neat. It's like Christmas. Yeah, exactly. I've been playing... Um, well, last time I told you I hooked up my PS3. 
Yes. And there's one game I played back then I didn't mention, but I really wanted to mention it because you did a whole segment on car demolition yes. games. And I had this game. You can see uh, the PS3 is another system you can buy a bunch of very inexpensive games for at this point. Yep. So I love collecting those because they are very inexpensive. I don't want to um, pirate them, especially if they have really cool covers and they come with manuals and things. So I think I got this game. It's called Blood Drive, which is hilarious. Yeah. And if you ever look at uh, I should have pulled it out, but you saw the picture I put on Twitter. Yep. Um, you just look at the picture of this thing, and it looks like a straight-up, like, Carmageddon, like, yeah. car demolition, slaughtering zombies, um, super violent game. And I looked up reviews, and it didn't get great reviews, um, but I didn't look those up until I played it. If you're going to take a game like this and throw it in and play it, I had a blast. Yeah. It was so fun. It is very uneven. Yeah. So you'll do, you'll start a race or whatever you want to call it, and it'll be like, all right, you and all these competitors in here, it's like Twisted Metal, your goal is to kill the most zombies, go. So that's one thing. Yeah. But then they have like race modes where, all right, there's going to be checkpoints out here. So you're trying to race through the checkpoints. Those are those go okay, but if you hit a weird bump just wrong, it'll throw you off course, and that kind of kills it. Um, so if you're actually playing it to like try to beat the game, yeah, yeah. it's not a great game. Okay, but just the uh, if you want to pop it in for an hour and just blow stuff up and try to win some of the uh, the matches. Do I hear screaming behind me? <laughs> so I'm gonna go ahead and uh, break the the fourth wall here. Our um, air vent circulation duct, i.e., my window. Yeah, is open at this point for the studio here, so I, our neighborhood kids are uh, maybe they're playing Battle War or something. I don't know. There's yeah. So I hope you guys are enjoying that at home. Anyways, Blood Drive was a kick in the pants, fun to play. That's I killed cool. a good three hours over a couple of days with it. Um, I'm not going to try to beat too much more of it because you'll hit a level where it's like uh, capture the flag, where somebody has the flag and you have to like tag them, and then you get the flag, and then everyone tags you. Gotcha. And it's almost impossible to win those just the way the AI is. Yeah. They'll all go hide somewhere where you can't get to and just, like, beat each other up and trade the flag. You can't find them. And as soon as you do, they're all right there. They take it right back. <laughs> so, but it was it's a blast. That's cool. Um, I've also been playing, as I mentioned last, mentioned last time, the uh, PlayStation 4 free games for last month. The, yeah, you mentioned. Borderlands. Yeah. Um, it, it was a pack of Borderlands 2 and what did they <clears> call it? The prequel one, yeah. So I'm not sure they call it the 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 prequel to the sequel, which I think is a fancy way of saying the first game. But they, I think they remastered it. I don't know. I haven't touched that one yet. Okay. I played all of Borderlands one recently, and I fell in love with the game. Borderlands one was my favorite. Yeah, and you, I beat that one. You played two? I've not played. I, I started two, and I didn't like it as much as one, so I stopped playing. I started two without realizing it. Now in hindsight, I played it on the Vita. Okay. And the small screen, I just couldn't do it. The Vita had a lot of great games, but also had a lot of games that are sh- that should be full screen, and they just made it small, and it yeah. didn't didn't work. You couldn't couldn't right. do it. So I played it, and I recognized some of the stuff on the PlayStation Four. But I love Borderlands. Yeah, Borderlands, the first one, I love it, and I I've gone back and I've replayed it. Um, I didn't beat it the second time, but I I'd play enough to get that vibe back from it. I love it. Yeah, it's great. And the humor in the second one is even better than the first one. The only problem I had is that you're blowing things up and attacking things. Yeah. And people are talking to your headset and saying hilarious things, <laughs> but you can't hear them because there's so much stuff going on that you're like, I want to hear it. Don't talk yet. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of a counter problem to what we have, which is too much story. 
Right. So they're doing the story while you're playing, but I'm like, wait, hold off on the story so I can hear it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I've already put seven or eight hours into that one, and it's great. That's a fantastic game. Yep. And, and I'm wondering if the new one's going to be any good or not. I don't want to risk my money, so I'm going to wait and oh, see. Oh, I always wait anyways. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that's why they've made that one free, is the new one's coming out. And I guess most people go, cool, I'm going to play the second one. Wait, there's another one. I have to play the new one. Where I'm like, I can't play the new one until I beat the second one. Right. How's that work? More Amiga love over there, huh? Yeah, so I played... Uh, we talked about this one on... Oh, yeah, I want to hear you pronounce it. Uh, a minor? <laughs> okay. <laughs> a minor? I mean, a minor? A minor? A minor? I think it's supposed to be because you're a minor, so I think it's A minor. We describe this as looking like Mr. Driller or even like... Um, SteamWorld Dig. Yes, and it is like that. Uh, it, is, it is a bit rudimentary of a game. I mean, it's there's not a lot of game game there, but it is a lot like that. You're digging down. You're with a little tank. You're you're digging through, trying to get to enemies. You're picking up things. I mean, you're collecting the gems that are embedded. So it's a lot like kind of. Uh, um, what am I thinking? Uh, the, yeah, yeah, like uh, Steam World Dig. Um, yeah. yeah, there it is. I'm looking it up here on yeah. IndieRetroNews.com. Uh, but so I downloaded it. It is free. It's easy to run. Um, there's not a lot of requirements to it. And that it, is something I can actually run, huh? Yeah, and it it's. I'll have to try it. Is it worth me trying it? Yeah. Cool. Definitely. Yeah, it's a fun game. I have to admit, I didn't spend. A, I probably put an hour into it, so I, I need to get back to it. It's just one we mentioned before, and I finally was able to download it and try it, and it worked out pretty well. See, it says the same thing here, though, with one megabyte chip. Yeah, but I, I think you've got that. Between my both, that count, that counts, right? I think you got that covered. Okay. Yeah, I'll have to give it a shot. But it so, looks like they did some bug fixes and they did a revision of it here back. I think that's the on new, the seventeenth of June. So. Yeah, the new. I think I I got that after that. Cool. So, yeah, works pretty well. Another Amiga game. Yep. Tons of Amiga stuff lately. Tons of everything lately. Um, we talked about our MSXs again last month. Yes. Um, I love this machine. Yes. You were nice enough to let me borrow your cart while mine is still coming in the mail. I had so much to do, it wasn't a problem. <laughs> <laughs> I have so much other things well, to I'm do. Well, I'm glad that worked out for you because yeah. I literally, like, was trying to get myself to play stuff besides my MSX, and it was difficult. I love it. I absolutely love it. Well, out of all um, the games you played, what would you say is your favorite? Well, I've got four here I want to mention. Okay, let's so, talk about them. Uh, first of all, just in case you're a new listener, MSX is a Japanese wedge computer, microcomputer, whatever you want to call it, Yeah. Uh, from the 80s. Uh, kind of like a... It's, it's more advanced than a Commodore 64, um, and, but it really feels like a Nintendo. I'll just leave it at like that. And, I, and, and you and I have an MSX2, which is even a little bit... It's almost like a Genesis as far as power. Yeah, it's definitely much better than the MSX. Uh, the MSX2 is. It's but a most Z- of the games are MSX, not MSX2. There were not as many MSX2 games. Correct. It's a, it's a Z80-based computer. Um, it has pretty advanced video chips. Um, it's a pretty. It's it, it is a full computer. A cool all the ports machine. and they unlock. There's a bunch of different versions that a bunch of different companies make made. Yep. It's all a Microsoft standard. Apparently, is what we we learned. Yep. Um, anyways, mine came with a couple games. If you remember one, we couldn't understand the name of, but it was Maze of Gallius. Yes. And um, I had heard that was a sequel to a game called Nightmare. Which so Nightmare is on the ZX Spectrum, right? Uh, no, I think we're thinking of a different Nightmare. Okay. At least I think so. Hmm. 
Uh, anyways, I played Nightmare on the MSX, and it is, although it might be a sequel in story, it's a completely different game. Okay. And Nightmare is really cool. It's a vertical scrolling shmup. Oh, okay. And you're a knight, so you're walking. And there's, I mean, things coming down on you, and you're shooting, you're throwing, like, swords and stuff, but you can get upgrades, and they become different types of attacks. Um, there's also different options you can get. Like, uh, the first one I always get is a shield, so now you're protected from projectiles from the front. Okay. Uh, so now you can only be hurt from the sides. I loved that game. Nightmare was great. Actually, much easier and much more user-friendly than Maze of Gallius, the sequel, which is kind of like a Zelda 2 um, yeah, I remember when we kind of loaded game. it up, it looked like Zelda, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Killer game. Loved that. I played a lot of Space Manbo, which is a... I played I played that a lot, too. Yeah. When I first got my cart. It's not easy. I haven't gotten far in it. Not easy. But no. a really cool side-scrolling kind of um, Gradius-style game. Yeah. And since it's made by Konami, it's going to feel like Gradius. Mm-hmm. Um, very difficult, um, but beautiful, and uh, controls really well. However two games that I played almost every time I sat down at that machine, and I have put hours into both of these now. First one I want to mention is Contra. I think I talked about it last time. And I saw you playing it. We had it up on the screen, remember? Yeah. So it is kind of like Contra on the NES, but with completely different levels. The first level looks very similar. And it's flick screen, right? And it flick screen instead of a scrolling... Yeah. 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 and it controls really well. It's really fun. There's different power-ups, um, lots of different enemies, the tunnel sequences, everything. But I've played all the way up now to the very last boss. It's much easier than NES Contra. Let me mention that. Which NES Contra is tough. Yeah, because yeah. of the American rental market and how the Japanese manufacturer. We always thought Japanese gamers were just super good. It it's turns the, out they just made them harder for the rental market over yeah, here. Yeah, they wanted uh, people to buy them. So... But I've got up to that last boss twice now. Can't quite beat it. Because you essentially get in this game, I want to say, something like ten lives. And I can get through like three or four levels before losing a life. And then by the time you get to level 20, you're on one or two. And you're really trying to make it through. You're but, struggling, yeah. But it's so fun. I could play it over and over and over again. And I will beat that game. That's awesome. Love it. That's great. But the other one I really wanted to mention yeah. is a uh, friend of the show, isn't he? Is he? Yeah, yeah. He, um, He's a friend of mine on Twitter. I know I've been a friend of his for quite a while. Yeah, and I've befriended him him recently. It's Juan uh, on Twitter. It's at Rydrak, R-E-I-D-R-A-C. But, yeah, he's mentioned he, he he's a really good programmer. Yeah, yeah he, uh, well, I haven't tried a lot of his other stuff yet, but um, he made a game for the MSX because he felt like it. Yeah. Because he's cool like that, called Night Night. Um, one of the nights spelt like the time of day, one spelt like a, a knight, like a battling armored knight. Yeah. Um, and this game is so addictive and so fun. We mentioned it again last on the episode, but I have been playing more and more of it. Oh, good. I can get through like 15 levels now, but I guess there's 50. But it's a game I think that as you learn each level, you get get a little bit better, a little further. You just keep going, keep chipping away at it. It's well designed. I remember playing. I, I don't remember where I got to, but then I gave you my cartridge to borrow. Yeah. But I was playing it right up till then. Yep. I, every once in a while, I throw it on there, play a couple levels. And doesn't it have like a password system so you can go where it, you left off? I think off? it does. I, think I, you're was, right, I yeah. never think to do that, but you're right. I, sh- I, I take pictures of it with my phone so I can leave because I can't afford to go back to the beginning. <laughs> yeah. Not with the time I got. But it's so, so fun. It's a single screen yeah. um, almost like a game where it's almost like a mix between Bubble Bobble yeah. and 
um, Manic Miner. Yeah? yeah, I'd say that's fair. Because you're basically trying to walk across every section of the floor while missing the enemies. Once you walk across every section, they all light up. Yep. A key shows up. You grab the key, go to the door, onto the next screen. Perfect. But it's just really, it handles really well. Yep. And the guy's super nice. I mean, he's a super nice guy. He answered all my questions. Well, oh, I don't care. He makes good games. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't ask if he was nice. I support a jerk. <laughs> Um, anyway, so last time I, I did give him a shout out on Twitter and he wrote back and, uh, cause I asked him where we can find all his other games. Cause I want to try all of them. Yeah. He's working on another MSX game right now. A shooter. Um, oh, cool. Yeah. And then a shooter would be great on MSX. I, I actually like the shooters on MSX. Yeah. They can be kind of choppy, but I think he yeah. will, he might have the programming chops to make it not choppy. If it's an MSX two game, they seem to have all the worked, all those wrinkles out on the MSX two. Cool. So anyways, loving the MSX. Yeah. And I'm just going to keep going. My MSX cart is in the mail. Here's yours. You take I got it back. It. I put it in my bag, yeah. And mine's coming, so I can't wait to get it again. So I'm going to put mine back up on the desk. It'll be nice to have that break from not having it, so that when I get mine again, I'll be excited for it. Yeah. <laughs> It'll still feel like Christmas when I go in the mail. <laughs> so the next game I'm going to talk about is, uh, since we're ripping off a bunch of stuff from the Amigos. <laughs> I heard this episode. I'm like, what is it called? So yeah, they were playing Alien Fish Finger, which... I have to admit, I've I've booted up before and I played a little bit here and there, but they actually went into the game and they made it sound very interesting and they got further and they explained some things that I kind of was scratching my head at when I tried to play the game. They do that. And so I played it and uh, I didn't get past the first level, but it the game is right. That's right. They were talking about how the, how the game was good, but they couldn't really yeah. get past the first level. Because it... it, 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 it it, it basically, in a nutshell, it's a platforming game, but with uneven terrain, where you play with a little tiny character, so the sprites are very small, almost like mm. a like a Lemmings kind of game. Um, the physics are really cool in the game with your weapons and the sound effects. Um, so even if you just play the first level, it's a great game to just kind of load up and play. But I couldn't figure out, and the same as the Amigos. I couldn't figure out how to get off of the first level. Like, I defeated all the enemies. Yeah, kill me. Yeah, I, I, f- I killed everybody. I'm like, picked up all the weapons. And I just was like, what do I do now? And that was this, that kind of reflected exactly what they felt about it. Such a well designed game, but then, like, there's no way to get off the first level. There must be some hidden area. Yeah, that'll kill it. Yeah, so like, I just gave up on it. But graphics are really cool. It's worth kind of looking at. Yeah, that's tough, because I think they gave it pretty good reviews, too, and so did a lot of publications. But if yeah. you can't get off the first level, why? I'm yeah. Sorry. I mean, that's Yeah, I mean, breaking. I need to cheat. I need to go online and figure out what do I need to do here. But you no. shouldn't have to do that in a game, right? I, mean, I don't think so. No. Not to that point. No, but it's a neat-looking game, neat-sounding game, so it's got, you know, yeah, it's got some merit. My daughter loves Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the arcade game. So do I. So we finally got downstairs, and uh, it was way past her bedtime, but I started playing it, and she joined in. And I said, screw it, we're beating the whole thing. So her and I both played all the way through on my little nice. maid cabinet. Yeah. And it was like 10.30 at night, my wife was upset. On the I'm bar like, top? I'm like, I don't care, we're finishing this. We've started it like five times. We're How many credits it. do you think? Oh. Hundreds? Uh, I only used like four. Oh, come on. She used like 37. <laughs> yeah, that, that sounds like me. Well, it's funny because she would hit that button, the credit button, almost as much as she would hit the attack button. Yeah. She'd just go back and forth. That's cool. And at first I was getting really annoyed, and I'm like, whatever. It's a raspberry pie and a 
box. That's the beauty. It can, it can take it, whatever. That is the beauty of uh, bringing these arcade games home is that you don't no longer have to feed it quarters. You just feed it button presses. Yep, exactly. So that was fun. And, I actually and really loved of note. I really loved those games. The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles arcade uh, beat-em-ups. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I loved them, so I'm glad to hear you guys enjoyed it. Still enjoying Oh, you've enjoyed your beer. You're, I am you're enjoyed. Done. I'm done, man. It's got it's got a little alcohol kick. What's the percentage on this thing? 7.3. 36. 7.3%. That's, 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 that's big. That's pretty good. I can feel it. What um, do you, but I think this was an excellent beer. It's a great stout. Thank got, you, Dan. It was, it's got a little more sweet than I'm used to, so it's definitely on the sweeter side, especially as you keep going. I and I, I good. I appreciate that because if you don't have the sweetness, you get more of the coffee kind of yeah flavor, which is fine. I like that too, but the sweetness adds adds a little something. Yeah, no, it's very good. I like Thanks it. Thanks a ton. I, and he, uh, I have another one to enjoy later. Mm. You do. <laughs> yeah. All right. So this story, okay, is a unique, not a terribly unique. I think all of us have done this at one point in okay. time or another. Yeah. I found a deal on a local website, we'll call it that, where I try to find deals, and I found a deal, and it was too good to be true, but the guy had it for sale, I wrote him, he said it's in good condition, works, so I tried to meet the guy, he actually took, gave me his number, I'm like, okay, that sounds legit, because usually you don't give a number, you ask for a number if you're trying to do something, you know, shady, so the guy, nonetheless, uh, gave me his number, I call him, he's talking really fast. I'm like, oh, man, why is this guy talking so quick? This is weird. Anyways, we meet in a local spot, So it's, but you just have that spidey sense tingling. Yeah. And it was weird. I'm like, dude, this guy is on drugs. Okay. Like, he's on drugs. Yeah. Anyway, so we agreed to meet at a certain spot, completely safe place. He was there with his wife. He pulls up, finally late, um, calls me out of nowhere and says, hey, I just want to make sure we're still agreeing on this price. And I'm like, yeah, I didn't change it. He's like, good, because I really need the money. I'm like, that's weird. That is weird. So anyways, I bought this thing. He pulls it out of a, a ripped plastic bag out of his trunk, shows me it. Oof. I verify with him that yeah. uh, it works. And okay. he said, yeah, it works. See? And he like opened the cartridge and popped it in and out a few times and said, and this does this, this does this. I'm like, okay, that doesn't prove that it works, but okay. Looked in good shape. So I bought it. So I don't know... Uh, I'm sure you, you'll know this. No one else knows what this is just by looking at it. I want to look at it. I'm going to give my best you'll, guess. You'll know what it is. Okay. I think you'll know what it is. All right. You, know, you never know. I would not have known this looking at it, even though I've heard of this device. Okay. Let's let's test my knowledge. Test your knowledge. Oh, it looks in good shape. Wood paneling. The wood paneling is excellent. I haven't seen it yet, though. Let's uh, clear this off. Oh. Oh. I don't think you know what it is. I think I do. Okay. Is this a... Not, you're not 100%, though. You're taking a, a good guess. Is this a... This isn't a Channel F, is it? That is a Fairchild Channel F. Yeah. So I knew yep. what it is. I knew yep. by the colors. That's beautiful. And it's actually... Like, I saw the sides with the wood paneling. Mm-hmm. For, for these, this is an excellent shape. I, yeah. And that's what I thought as well, Eric. So when I bought it off this tweaker who had very sweaty palms, might I add? I'm not going to ask how much, but you felt like you got a good deal on it. I got it for thirty bucks. Jeez! But is there a crack in it? So everything looked the way it did, right? To you, is there a brick in there? And if you if you press the little button, the little the little 
what do you call that? In front of it, yeah. It's like a VCR where it pops towards you. Yeah. You can pull that card out. The card doesn't have any label or anything on it, but whatever. That doesn't matter. That's just paper. Okay. But then, now look at the controllers and the uh, connector cable. Okay. See if you notice anything. I've actually cleaned this thing up a lot. It was a lot dirtier. So these are typical Fairchild F controllers. Yeah. These are real deals. Go ahead and check the screws on those. There's screws inside the plastic housings there. Let's see if you can... Oh. What do you see there, Eric? Well, I need my... I've got... It's very quiet here as we wait for the suspense. It looks... It just looks like rust. It does look a lot like rust. That's because it's a whole lot of rust. Yeah. Um, I mean, this thing's pretty old. It is pretty old. But that was my first uh, red flag. Okay. That's that, that would have given me a red flag, too. But what's inside? It's what's inside that counts, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, no. So I placed before you a photo of what I found when I opened it up. Okay. That's what it looks like inside. Because it looks good from the outside. That's actually cleaned up. Actually, yeah. I think what you're looking at there is actually cleaned up. That is all rust. Okay, I'm not. Uh, I'm not gonna. I'll tell you a horror story. I okay. have, but okay, it's okay. rusty. It's it's rusty inside. Now, okay, if you look at that, the plastic's good. Yeah, but luckily they cover these things in a huge RF shield, which is made out of like solid iron or something. I don't know. They make huge RF shields. Um, so that that might have protected a lot of it. Yeah, um, I'm hoping. And that they and that in this era they really did put heavy RF shields over everything. Here's so. a picture of it before I cleaned it, and you can see the top of the plastic. I flipped the top over. Oh yeah, that's water damage. That is a lot of water damage. Yep. That's not just it got rusty because it's old. Like it looks like it was submerged. Yeah, yeah, that's too bad. <laughs> Uh, either submerged or kept in a very moist environment. Yeah, it's all in the front, though. Um, anyways, I opened it up. I cleaned the heck out of it. Um, I looked at the board, and there's definitely water damage on the board. I don't know if it's past repair. I even wrote the guy, expecting not to hear anything back. And he wrote me back and said, no, it works. So I'm like, in my head, I'm like, why are you responding to me if you know it doesn't work? So I think he honestly thinks it works. Or else last time he used it, like a year ago it worked, and then he put it in a fish tank or something. I don't know. Does it do anything? I can't get it to do anything. Because there's no lights There's no lights on the Fairchild, if I remember Correct. right. There's nothing to indicate that it's on. Yeah, we need to plug this in, power supply, and just get a voltmeter and look at the pins yeah. ground and like see if it's outputting the right power first. Yeah, and I've, I'm going to have to go through it. I got all cleaned up, put back together. But okay. the way I look at it is... Okay, this is another one of the systems, kind of like the Odyssey 2. Realistically, yeah. I'm not going to play this a lot. Okay. I would love to have it working, just to have it working. Just to have history, yeah. But for 30 bucks, to have it in that condition, looking good, awesome. If I really wanted my money back, there's pro- the plastic on that is so nice, I could probably part it out. But yeah. I'm not, I don't feel like I'm at a loss. The, uh... But the joysticks, for those who don't know what a Channel F is, I'm sorry, yeah. I just realized we went through all this without explaining. Channel F was like pre-Atari. It is it, Atari twenty six hundred. As far as I know, it is the first cartridge based system. I believe that is correct. Because the other ones, like the one I had growing up, I had a Coleco Telstar. Like it's the Pong system that yeah, the like controllers six come one. off. Yeah, six and one. Mine was a Telstar Ranger, so it had the gun, um, and that that was what was out in the seventies for video games. And then this came out. This was the first cartridge-based system. It's got a lot of pretty cool history. It's not that hard to collect all the cartridges because I think they only made like... 
handful of there them. There was like 14. They were numbered yeah. 1 through 14, yep. too. Yep. Something like so, that. you know, you can still find them. So I hope you can get They're this working. They're not cheap, though. So, yeah, I'd love to get that working. But, again, worst-case scenario, just to have a cartridge to plug in there and have it look the way it does. I wonder what this cartridge is. <laughs> the world may never know. It yeah, looks, the cartridge totally, looks in good shape. They made it look like an 8-track, because that was like the futuristic thing at the time. Yeah. So it definitely plugs in and plays, and the cartridge is the sh- size and shape of an 8-track. The smoked glass. Got the smoked plastic that covers everything. Looks pretty. I'm still happy that I got it. I would love to try to get it to work. The funny thing is, I, I, you know, I'd love to see the circuit board on this. Did you expose that? Yeah, I, I looked at it. <laughs> okay. It's hard, because you can't quite get all the RF shielding off of it, but you could lift it up and look at it. Yeah, we probably are going to have to figure out how to get the RF shielding off there. And then, did you notice if the chips were in sockets or are they soldered on? I think they were all soldered. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, and they a lot of the ones at the front had, they were white. The legs were all white. Yeah, so I bet they need some vinegar and some cleaning up. And it'd be yeah. a fun, This is a fun project, man. You should Potentially. Get, get into it. Yeah, yeah. It's a project I'd love to let you do. <laughs> you don't want me doing that. Well, it's funny, though. It came. It did come with this, which if you read, you can see there's even mold on the label that came with it. Yeah, this looks like it got some water damage. Or... Yeah, and it shows you an important notice, and it's all about RF, because that was such a big issue back in the day. Yeah. It says, it, it basically says, hey, I, our documentation says put it on channel three, but put it on channel four. Yeah. Ignore the documentation. It should have read channel four. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, you know, I had to get three ColecoVisions to make one work. and ah, Mine worked from the get-go. I actually had two. I had two, and they both worked. They have huge RF shielding, and they do. one of them had a lot of damage to it, too, and I couldn't repair it. It was more, one of my biggest failures in, in my retro gaming refurbishing history is I worked on that thing for hours and couldn't get it to work. What is, is this? A, what is this? What is this? There we go. Oh, there you go. Thank yep. you. Um, so that is yeah. cool. Even though it doesn't work, I think that's really neat. I've never even seen one. I've never held one. I saw one at the Computer History Museum. They feel really good when you have the power supply drop on your knee, because that just happened. Yeah. Oh, Not right. good. So that happened. Neat pickup. Um, yeah, that's my, uh, I called it my old school pickup there. You have a, an old school pickup. Sort of. New well, actually, it's, it's sitting here in front of me. Nope, that's not it. Well, I want to talk about this. I, I thought this is what you're talking about, and I definitely want to talk about this. We're going to talk about this one. Oh, okay, okay. But so, that so one... So I see a, a square wrapped up in ribbon cable. So, yeah, so I got an Apple II C+, Plus, Apple II yep. C+, Plus, which is pretty much an Apple II, but the portable version, kind of smaller. If you want to learn more about that, listen to the last episode. Episode, actually, no, two ago, episode 12. Episode 12, yeah. Got to get used to doing that. And... Um, we talked about I, I've I've had an Apple II GS for quite a while, and you you have one now too, and they all take the same joysticks, and they're getting harder and harder to find. They're not very good. Um, I basically have a PC analog joystick with an adapter, which is what we have in front of us. Now, right this here. adapter is what if this new solution works for you. I want this adapter potentially. Correct, but we'll see. Yep, because I'd like to use the Apple th- this old school style. Although yep. I do like this stick you have better than the one I have. Yeah, and that's why I brought it, because if you want to use it, that's fine. Um, oh, I don't want to use it. I want you to have your stuff and me to have my stuff. Uh, <laughs> it's our podcast and the Pixel Guide and stuff. It's, it's all our stuff. This is joint use. But here is one I got on eBay, and it is a little pricey. I think it was 30 bucks. I, I think I told I you what it was. It was $35. You did bring this last time, but you had not tried it. I had not tried it yet. You so just now got it. I have tried it, and it I is... I still want to touch it. 
it is head and shoulders better than something like this. Now, I don't remember. Did it have this on the bottom last time? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's there it's to got, protect the circuit. It's like a foam pad on the back. Yeah, yeah. They put that on there because I think there is exposed circuit board under there. So for those who can't see, this is the, uh, again, we did talk about it last time, but it's a, a PCB board with a couple of buttons and a full like Xbox joystick on the front Yep. Um, from Apple2.net. And so this works really well. This works well. Let's... It works better than this. Okay, better than better uh, than the because the old school. Anybody uh, who's familiar with the Apple II joysticks, yeah, everybody who's familiar with the Apple II joysticks, it's they're they're kind of the analog. They're God, how would you explain that? Um, they 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 center back to the middle. Um, they kind of snap into place. It's hard to explain, but they are. They take some getting used to, and I use they look that like one. A, like an R two D two. Yeah, and I <laughs> like used that one little... for a long time, and and I got used to it, and it was fine. But I do like that one much better. Now, yeah. is so it it's funny is it I... as great as a, like a you know a, a Xbox joystick or something? No, no. It's funny because I did go online because I was thinking about getting this until I thought it was saw that it was thirty five bucks. Yeah, I'm like that's a lot. Yep, and these pl- the plans to make this are online everywhere. Yep, and you can make your own. You That's can make true. your own, and they all have these pots. Yep, and I guess depending on how your apple is set up, yep, you have to basically change the the resistance of these two pots to make yep. it match what your apple wants, which is so goofy. <laughs> and, and luckily for me, that works right out of the box with my two C plus. Yeah. I haven't tried it with my two GS yet, but this. Um, Having used that one for years now, my 2GS, this is just easier for me to use. And then for reference, the 2GS he has has an adapter to work from his Mac because it's a PC joystick. That is a PC joystick, yep. And the adapter, you can see the circuit board in between the two um, jacks here. And same thing, it has two uh, pots here to change the resistance. So this is the exact same circuit, I would bet, that that is. Yep. And you can see the little pots are on there to make that work. Um but it generally works right out of the box. I mean, you could plug that in your 2GS, and I have no doubt it would work perfectly. Cool. Um, but anyway, I, I mean, I took the... I, I got so tired of that that I got this, and I've been playing a lot of Apple II stuff lately, and it, it it's a lot better. And the buttons are set up specifically for LoadRunner. So, like, you know when you dig in LoadRunner? Off to, like, slight diagonal. This one digs to the left, this one digs to the right. Oh, that's cool. And he says that in the instructions. He said, I've tuned these buttons for LoadRunner. because a $35 LoadRunner stick. Because as you can see, most of this is like, like, this is backwards in LoadRunner for me. This, oh, really? This digs to the, this way, and you this kinda digs to the You kind of have to hold it way. towards yeah. you then the other way yep. to make the buttons make sense. Yep, so this little game pad, and the, what I'm holding here, what, I, what we got on a- Apple2.net, it looks like a little tiny game pad. It does, but without any protection, it's just yeah. There's buttons no stick off quite a ways, which is there's no case. Yeah, it, it's kind of like a circuit board with two buttons and a joystick and some pots. Yep, um, it works great. Cool. It, it actually is head and shoulders better than that to me. Somehow, I convinced my wife to let me put my second p- pachinko machine on the wall. Yes, yes, I saw that. And this was the one, the first one was a lot older and beat up, and she really liked the old the aesthetic that kind of old. She didn't care if it worked. In fact, she asked me not to make it work. Okay. She just wants to sit there and look pretty. Or yeah. Look not pretty. Yeah. Um, but my working one, I went ahead and cleaned off. There were some like um, drawings and stuff on there. Some I don't know youth drew on it. Anyways, I cleaned it all up. Made a. I still had a box. I made it for it from the previous one. I made two boxes. And I got up on the wall, and this one is fully functional. Lights working, bells working. Um, so every once in a while, we'll go down there and play a few games. My girls have to plug their ears when they see that they're going to win a jackpot because it, 
Is it loud? It's hilarious because it's a fully mechanical device. So the bell rings by the, literally the mechanics of the of the machine. You have this pot in the middle that holds 15 balls. And when you hit a certain switch, it opens that until all the balls drain. And they fall on the bell as they go out to the front. Okay. So they hit physically hit the bell. The metal balls hit the bell. That's, That's how the ring neat. happens. Everything yeah. in there is completely gravity and mechanically based. Yeah. There's nothing fancy about it. Even the power, because you'd have to have power to it. It's literally just a you can put a nine volt battery in there, and the circuit basically there's two lights on there. One of the lights when the uh, when the mechanisms are doing their thing, they let a switch open, which tells the light to turn on. And then the other light, there's a hopper in the top so that when the balls are about to run out, because they're physically fed in there by the, uh, you know, the guy at the pachinko hall. Yeah. When they're, when they're about to run out, the little lever pops up because there's no balls holding it down anymore. And the light turns on basically telling the guy, hey, come add balls into this machine. Yeah. Like huh. it's, it's just so simple, stupid, but cool. I bet it makes a cool noise, too. Yeah, it's a really fun little project, too, because they are simple. If you're if you're looking for something to learn how to work on stuff, these, these are a great solution. Especially because yeah. you can get them for 30 to 50 bucks. Um, you have to make your own box because they were literally yanked out of pachinko cabinets in Japan back in the 70s. <laughs> um, so you kind of have to make your own box for them. Otherwise, you just kind of prop them up. Um, but they're cool. They look really cool. I like them. You've been playing some Apple II? Yeah, so I should have just included this with the joystick. So yeah, to but test you didn't. That, to, yeah, exactly. <laughs> to test that, I've been loading up games, and I've been trying to find as many games as I can, but there there are... The Apple II library is huge. Is it really? Yeah, so I just grabbed like all the arcade classics I could find that that are listed in there. So I haven't even done a, a deep dive into like Apple II specific software. But I mean, I played Burger Time, Load Runner, Ms. Pac-Man, Mr. Do, and they are very good. I mean, yes, they're Apple II 8-bit conversions of arcade classics, but they're a lot of fun. I, I played Mr. Do quite a bit. Um, played Load Runner quite a bit um, with that joystick. I've just been having a blast with it. And when you plug mine into composite, because you talked about your Apple II GS that you plugged into composite, and it just works awesome. Same yeah. with my Apple IIc Plus. Like I can plug that into composite and not worry about the Apple II VGA adapter I bought. Um, I just plug it into composite into my PVM, my Sony PVM, and it looks great. The only thing about the Apple II is that the sound is always very rudimentary. Um, the sound on mine goes through the internal speaker on the Apple II. Yeah. Well, that's the same with the GS, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So that's one downside, like, versus the Commerce 64 or something like that is, you know, you have this elaborate sound. Um, not that, the Spectrum. Not the Spectrum and not the Apple Although II. Although you can, you can pump the sound out of the Spectrum, but it's the same right. simple beeps and boops from the, from the yep. speaker going through your... TV speaker. Yep. So anyway, I just want to mention I was play, playing a lot of Apple II games. I'll be reporting more on Apple II games. In fact, I might do an Eric's take on one sometime. Yeah, I need to get my my floppy emulator so I can start joining you on that too. Yep. That, and I forgot one thing. I didn't put this on the list, but it's my last show and tell item, so I'm just going to oh, do cool. it now. I love it. I got this at Legacy Games. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Actually, uh, I added that in here somewhere. Maybe yeah, I, I didn't I, see it in I the list. I think I put it under news, but I wanted to hear about this, so I threw it in there somewhere. Okay, well, let's just talk about it now. Yeah. This is the 3-in-1 HD TV cable from... Um, Looks like Hyperkin. Hyperkin. It is Hyperkin. Hyperkin's making some really cool stuff. And and the guy at Legacy Games, which is our local gaming store here in Elk Grove, 
the guy there showed me a poster that they included with this. Mm -hmm. There's going to be a whole suite of these for all the old retro games. Dreamcast game. um, Sorry, this is GameCube. Dreamcast, um, SNES, all they're coming out with ones for everything. And they're all different colors. Like the Dreamcast one is orange. And the, all the boxes are going to be green, orange, and they're going to be different systems, and they're going to carry them at Legacy. Yeah. This is the first one. So this is a three-in-one. It supports GameCube, the N64, and the Super Nintendo. Yeah, because they all have that same... They all have the same connector. I've tested it with the N64 so far. I haven't even tested it with the other ones, because I just got it like a week ago. The N64 looks awesome. So that, that might be worth getting because when you first saw this, I thought it was N64 only. I don't know why I didn't think about it. Right. But if it's going to cover three systems, because for the most part, I like to play on my CRG. And I do too. Um, yep. But with N64, I threw it up on my big LCD. It looks good. Now, does it look perfect? Well, I mean, it was made for CRT. So you see the texture mapping. Mm-hmm. You kind of see some of the rough edges. But it's on a big LCD, and, and that, that was only 30 bucks. Now, I don't understand this. It says aspect ratio switch from 3.4 to 16 to 9. Yes. There's How does it sw- do that? There is a switch on there. Is it's, it just stretchy stretch? It has a scalar on there. It just stretches it. Oh, okay. And I turned it, obviously, to 4.3. Yeah, I don't know yeah. why that's shown as a feature. Well, it's handy because you're if you let's say your big LCD TV like mine is typically just in 16 by 9. You know, you can go in your menu on your LCD and change it to 4.3. Yeah. But I just leave my TV on six, 16 by 9, and the cool thing is I can just move that slider to 4.3, and it snaps into 4.3. Oh, okay, yeah. I so the point. slider makes it kind of handy. Uh, but it, it, just for the people at home here, it's just a little box that has HDMI coming out one end and your N64, SNES, GameCube out of the other end. Yeah. And you can just play this on your big TV. No hassle, no having to go buy scalers or whatever. Yeah, I know. Some of those get crazy expensive. Frame Meister, people got really into for a while. Yep. And, and so, so listen, for you and me, you know, we have CRTs and we're big nerds about this. But most people, they, they want to play their GameCube. They want to play yeah, on their just yeah. TV they have at home. No, I get this it. This is perfect. And it works I great. just get a kick out of people who want to spend all this money to try to make it look perfect on their LCDs. And it won't. And it, first of all, it won't. And second of all, if you just get a CRT, that's usually free. Yep. And plug it in, it'll look exactly how it's supposed to look. Yeah. And I, like I told you, this yeah. guy, like at one of my clients, gave me three CRTs for free. They're sitting in my garage right now. I don't know what <laughs> oh, to do with them. Oh, they're still there, huh? Yeah. I got to figure something out with them. <laughs> they're taking up a, One of them's huge. One of them is... Uh, I might want the huge one from you. It's... It, picture that LCD, but like four by He's three. pointing to a 32-inch LCD here. Yeah. It is giant. Is I might want that, but my wife won't. Yeah, um, it works great. It works great, <laughs> by the way. It works great. So all right, I tested it. So you might have already figured this out because I tweeted a little bit about it. But we have one last uh, catching up item here, and I yes. picked up something I've been waiting for from Japan, and it came in. Do you know what it is? I what, Japan. Other than the MSX cartridge, I don't know. Oh, really? I thought I did tweet about it, and I thought someone uh, someone did answer correctly. I thought you might have seen that. No, no, no. Show me. I forgot. I received this little handheld. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, cool. The Bandai uh, Swan. Is this the Wonder Swan? So, yeah, the, just kind of like the Neo Geo Pocket, um, Bandai made their own handheld system. Yep. Uh, called the Wonder Swan, which is black and white. Yeah. And then they came out with the Wonder Swan color, which was very difficult to see. Yeah. 
And the one you're holding there is the one I guess that most people want because it's got by far the best screen. Okay. And that's the Wonder Swan Crystal. And I got I somehow won that in an auction for a great price. Those normally go for one hundred to one twenty. Okay. For a working one. Um so I got very lucky. I've been looking for a few weeks and I finally won an auction on a fluke. And then of course, knowing me, I'm like, I gotta get games for it. But if I'm gonna get games for that thing, there's no flash card available. The same guy who's making the flash master for the Neo Geo Pocket. Yeah. Um, is actually in works making those right now, but you have to pre-order them and he has to get all the parts in and they're like 110 bucks. Now that's what's cool about it. You're holding it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I noticed the buttons are kind of like that. So you can play this system in either portrait mode or landscape mode. So basically Tate or normal and the buttons are made to work either way. Um, that device was divine, designed by the same guy who made the original Game & Watches, Gunpei Yokoi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then he made the Game Boy. Then I he made... Can't get it to turn on. Do you know what the third item he made was? Mm, no, I don't. The Virtual Boy. Oh, did he make the Virtual Boy? Uh, yeah. And now, now, don't quote me on this, but I've heard... So, basically, in you know, Japanese culture, they get very shamed if they fail. Okay. So, he made the Virtual... After the Game Boy, which was absolutely a huge hit and of course the uh, game and watches which put nintendo on the map that's right he came out the virtual boy which is a big flop that's the noise by the way from the wonder swan there yeah um and the virtual boy is a big flop and it was huge he was shamed whenever i think he left the company okay i don't so it's one of those things where i don't think they i don't know how they were it's a whole different culture about how they deal with stuff over there yeah um anyways he went to Bandai after that and created this device. He actually created the, the non-colored one, and then he actually died in a traffic accident. Did he really? Yeah, he, um, he was outside of his car helping somebody, and he got hit. That's not cool. That's not, this yeah. isn't a happy story. But he did create like this device. The they came out with the, the color one, and then eventually the ultimate one, which is the, the Wonder Swan color here. Um, which now, is, yeah, now I've heard of him, and I I remember talking about him about Game Boy stuff. Yeah. Is that not working? Yeah, and of course, when I want it to work, now it's not working. Yeah, the funny thing is the, the screen, it, it booted up. I could read Bandai, and it shows the logo, and it makes noise, But so it's probably the cartridge. What's unique about the cartridges, too, is the pins are fully exposed. Yeah, exactly, so um, they're probably oxidized. They get locked in here. I played this. It works. I yeah, I you. imagine the issue is the cartridge, though. If it's showing the logo, it boot up. Anywho, I want to show you these real quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So these are some of the games I picked up for it. Now, Fully boxed. Yeah, I got them complete in box from Japan because there's almost none of this stuff in America. Right? I can imagine. Still. Yeah. Again, I, I won these on auction, so I got good prices. I don't pay lots for things. This yeah. is a cool little kind of um, game where... It's almost like a, actually it's almost like a, a game and watch game. Yeah, where you just kind of got to be in the right place at the right time. Okay. Um, it's called something flash. It's in Japanese, hard to read. Um, there's actually a list online. If you go online, you look up like games for the Wonder Swan in English, and there's only like 15 total games you can actually play because they're almost all in Japanese. Yeah. That one is all in Japanese, but the gameplay is very obvious. Yeah. So you can play it in English. There's lots of cutscenes in between levels you can't read. Okay. So they just kind of added the charm. This is actually a game by Gunpei. It's called Gunpei. Gunpei, and that's a really cool. You hold it, play it vertically, and it's kind of like a falling block type of puzzle game, Tetris game. And that's like black and white. That one's a black and white game. Yep. Yeah. 
a lot of these games are. Looks neat, though. This one's also black and white. And this is another puzzle game, yet again, the reason we can play it in America, because it's in Japanese, but it's a puzzle game. Yeah. Now, what I want to show you about this game, um, the name of this one, I'm trying to remember, because it's, it's worth looking up, just because it's kind of cool. And again, it's all Japanese, so I can't... But it's something to do with a bird. If you look this up online, it's a bird in front of a city. Yeah. And it's just really like a poetic... Um, concept of a bird dropping a seed and you're helping water get to the seed to grow into trees yeah but what's cool about it here i'm gonna open it up for you and show you this it comes in these cool little small boxes here's the game yeah the game comes in these amazingly robust protectors yeah yeah you can see that there. that's what probably goes a long way to keep those contacts covered yeah since they're exposed and then it comes this game came with kind of a feely and of course it's a it's a like a children's book thick cardboard yeah and because it's japanese it opens the opposite way we're used to and the writing is vertical yeah but i just think it's so cool like that's really pretty comes with the game yeah i like the colors here let's hear this again (laughs) um the game that's in here right now is a game about it's actually one of the most popular ones i guess it's a game that's really neat rhythm game about a frog that you try to like you hear the music and you have to hit things at the right time yeah and I'm doing a terrible job of getting this thing running. So I don't know what's going try, on. Try, so. try this cartridge. Let's try the uh, bird seed game. How about that? How about this noise? <laughs> there it is again. And look at it. It started up that way this time. There you go. That one's working. Yeah, see, it, it seemed like it was a cartridge to me. Oh, look at that. So this is Tate mode, huh? That one's in Tate, and that one's black and white, so you don't get to see the color on there. But It's sharp, though. I guess the, It's the, high resolution. Everyone says the first one is one black and white. It's pretty good. And then the color one is just so difficult to see the screen. It's almost not worth getting. Okay. And then this one is the one everyone wants. These Again, these go for like 100, 120. There's yeah. a couple different colors. There's some music for you. What are the speakers on this? And it's cool because the actual form factor of the machine itself. Mine is the mauve one. It's kind of mauve on the front and then white on the back. Yeah, it's It's got pretty. the Japanese two-tone thing. I like the colors. And it's definitely the, the actual shape of it is very... Uh, oceanic or fish-like like a lot of yeah. uh, Japanese architecture and stuff where they do they have the sweeping lines and everything it's got kind of like rounded curves and stuff anyways I, I just I think it's really cool I like it it's pretty neat problem with it if you want to say that I mean the problem with it is there's only 15 like total games you can play on it yeah if you buy the actual cartridges most of them are really expensive um, there's a couple of cool things about this system that uh, I think are worth noting uh, the flash cart's gonna like a hundred bucks but at that point, you only get, like, 10 more games than I already have. Yeah. Probably not going to do it, to be honest. It's kind of right. cool just to own. I did order a... Because they came out in so many different colors. So I ordered a transparent Wonder Swan black and white one, the original one, which is now coming from Japan. And I have it complete in box. It was, like, 25 bucks. Yeah. Um, just because I could play this game on it, but I just want to have it just because it looks so cool and... See, I wonder so with the, how retro is so popular now and just getting more and more popular. I wonder if there'll be some people that will just be uh, modifying the ROMs to do English translations like they had done with with NES games. Yeah, I haven't seen that yet because I was hoping that because this system's got tons of RPGs, including yeah, yeah. Final Fantasies and all kinds of ones, and they're supposed to be great, but they're just all in Japanese. See, I just wonder if it's coming down the road. It might be years from now, but I wonder if there's people working on translations. Yeah. Um, so a couple of cool accessories that did come that you could buy for this, I guess, in Japan. Yeah. First of all, it's really successful because in Japan, I think brand new, they were like 40 bucks. Yeah. 
It, it seems, I mean, I don't want to say it looks cheap at all, but oh, this is the nice one too. Yeah. So. It's smaller and it's, it's the screen's very small. Yeah. Um, I could see that that could go for a good, you know, a nice little amount of money and just being played on subways in Japan by salarymen heading to work. You know what yeah. I mean? Yep. Um, <clears throat> so is that the, the headphone jack? So they have a uh, a jack on this side, which is proprietary. Okay. So that was headphones. Yeah, yeah. So the same guy that makes the Flashmaster for this. Yeah. Which is hard to get a hold of because he back back you know back ordering all the items. They do make for twenty dollars one that you can plug into here. It gives you a volume knob, and then it gives you a headphone jack in that. Gotcha, like a little adapter. What's unique cool. about these is there's a power button on here. Um, it's worth noting that there's ten buttons. So you got A and B on one side. You've got your up, down, left, right on the other side. But if you go into Tate mode, you've got up, down, left, right on both sides now. Yeah. Um, there's a start button. And then there's a button that says sound. Now on the Wonderswan and the Wonderswan color, that sound is either loud, like too loud, super quiet, or off. So the Wonderswan crystal adds three total volumes. So there's too loud, normal, too quiet, and off. <laughs> it's kind of neat. Yeah. Um, but they made a device that you can get for this, which is a full robotic bug that you like program with this thing. Oh, that's neat. That's pretty cool. Yeah. But my favorite thing that came with this is you could, um, I don't know how much it was at that time, but it was consumer product. It was a full, uh, development kit for the system. Yeah. That was to the neat. point where people are making their own games and then they have even had a competition and said, Hey, the best games we're going to publish. So two of the most rare games and also considered two of the most best and also two of the most English accessible games uh one of them was a this kind of action rpg which looks really good oh yeah and the other one is a game that was actually heavily inspired by radiant silver gun Ooh, played nice. in tate mode called judgment silver sword <laughs> um but that's considered like the best game on the system wow at see, least for english speakers see if you get like a flash card of some sort kind you'd be able to play it i would but for basically the games i already have and like two more Nah. Yeah. I don't know if it's worth it to me. I might just try to get full box copies of a few games like this and call it good. But yeah. That's just me. Right on. Cool system. Neat. I'm excited very, about very it. Very neat system. Cool to, cool to own. Yeah. I've read a lot about it, but I just, I've never seen one. So it's pretty Nor neat. have I. And I've gone to stores and no one ever has them. No, they don't. So I got everything I got, I had to get from Japan. And they actually ship a lot quicker than most of the stuff I buy in the USA. Yeah, I've noticed that some places are like that. It's got here in like four days. Yeah, from Japan. That's pretty awesome. And of course, it said they weren't. It wasn't going to be here for like thirty days, but yeah. it just showed up in four. So, that's cool. Yeah, very cool. I think it's time for our battle. Yes. Battle of the systems. <laughs> Battle of the Systems, and today we're going to talk about Castlevania versus Master of Darkness. On the Sega Master System. On the Sega Master System. Castlevania on the NES, Master of Darkness on the Sega Master System. Yes. Now, this most so typically our battles are games that have the exact same name, typically produced at the same time, right? but they have differences for whatever reason. Usually two different studios end up working on them, whatever. So this is a bit of an exception. I didn't do this on purpose. I thought they were both made by the same uh, company. They're not. They are completely different games. They are completely different. Master of Darkness is basically a 
Castlevania clone. Yeah, it's a ripoff. I mean, it's a, it's it's blatantly a rip, blatant ripoff. So this really doesn't fit our typical battle. No. But we did it. Yep. And uh, let's go through it. So Yeah, I'm glad we did. Did you, did you play a lot of Castlevania? Did you, I before, did. Before this. Well, so f- over the years, I've started it and stopped it many times. Um, it it ramps up, the difficulty ramps up in Castlevania to the point where if you don't play a state, save states, at least for me, it can get pretty tough to get at, to advance in it. But the, the short answer is yes, I've played a lot of Castlevania over the years. Gotcha. Yeah. Have, now, you been, have you been a fan of it? Or what is your... Yeah. No. Okay. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. I love it. It's a great game, but I'd find myself with small windows of time to play. And so a lot of times I couldn't reach a checkpoint because the checkpoints in some areas are kind of few and far between. So I'd end up getting kind of frustrated because I couldn't find a game, save spot and I'd just give up on the game. But over the years I've played it and I love it. It's a great game. So obviously a classic, usually in people's top five or at least top ten. Yep. Um, I always consider it kind of a counterpart to Ninja Gaiden. Ninja Gaiden. Um, okay. Completely different. You know, this is Konami versus Techno. Yep. Uh, Ninja Gaiden, uh, we talked about that a few few shows ago. Please check that episode out. Because um, both those games are great. Spoiler alert. Yep. The Master System version and the uh, NES version. Um but basically it's an old 8-bit action game that just kept you coming back for more kind of a thing. Yep. Came out in uh, 1986, September 26th by Konami. Um, so anyways, uh, Castlevania, what are your thoughts on that? If you were trying to put this into words here. You mean just explaining the gameplay? Yeah, explaining pl- it. What does it feel like? It's pretty much a, um, a platformer. The interesting thing is the first weapon you have is the whip. Um, you can get power-ups that increase the whip, I think, three levels. Yeah, you have your short whip. Yep. It gets longer. So if you notice, when you have a short whip, whenever you get a power-up or your next torch or whatever it is you attack that drops things, yep. it's always the, the whip extension. Yeah, yeah. So you almost never have the short whip. Right. And then eventually you get uh, the long whip, and then eventually after that you get the, uh, it's like a chain whip. It's like a small mace at the end or whatever. Yeah. Did you know the whip is called Vampire Killer? Oh, I just read that online because like, I was doing research for Castlevania. Okay. And I found out that That's the, the name whip of is it, called right? Vampire Killer. Um, and did you know that it first came out for the Famicom on the disc system and then they converted it to the cartridge? I think I did know that, but I hadn't yeah, thought about that really. They yeah. converted it to the cartridge. But anyway, platformer, there's stairs, there's multi-level um, levels, Yeah, you I go guess. up and down, you left up and, and down right. Stairs, yep. It's not just left to right. Yep. Um, there are little candlesticks everywhere that you whip, and a heart pops out of them. So again, just kind of like Ninja Gaiden, where there's different lanterns or things you would yep. tap, and power-ups come out. I will tell you that in the beginning of playing Castlevania, when I was first introduced to it, which wasn't that long ago, because I never had a NES. So I mean, I'm, I'm talking like maybe eight years ago, seven years ago, when I first played it. I didn't know what the hearts were. Most people don't. I collected them. It takes them. a while because you think they're, everyone thinks they're life because hearts yeah. are life. It's a video game. And that's kind of what I thought. But then I was like, my life's not going up because you can see a life meter because you have a player and an enemy life meter. I was like, what are these hearts? What are they for? This is dumb. Why am I collecting these? And I remember going through periods of time where I just would, I just avoid them because I just like, I just get through the level. It wasn't until a few years ago I found out that what the hearts were. And it, it pretty much it's ammo. It's basically, yeah, it gives you abilities to use your special weapon depending on what it is. Now, yep. your special weapon, because you always have the whip. 
That's your main weapon. Yep. Your special weapon can be a dagger, which we're looking at now. Yep. Um, there's some throwing axes. There's holy water, which you throw down on the ground, and it creates flame. And depending, um, there's a stopwatch, which stops time. Yep. And depending on which uh, special weapon you have, it could use two hearts per use. It could use five hearts per use. It all depends. Now, use your spe- special weapon by holding up and pressing attack. Yep. Um, which weird, it's weird, because every Castlevania game has done that. Um at least all the side-scrolling ones. And a lot of games look at, look up to Castlevania and want to be at Castlevania, but most games didn't copy that part of it. No. But they stuck with it. Um, other things that Castlevania is famous for is just, again, like Ninja Gaiden, it has the huge life bar with like 15 yep. rectangles. The enemy below you, there says player, and then there's enemy in their life bar, which is funny because that's the end boss that you never get to until the very end of the level. That's right. So that enemy is always full until you get to the boss. Until you, you get to him. Then you start attacking. Um, it's also famous for those hearts that no one knows what they are at first. Yep. Um, it's famous for Medusa heads, which are a pain in the ass. They are. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's known for secret areas. Known for wall chicken. Yep. That's it's right. Known, it's known for being, for knockback. Yep. Uh, this is a game that if I were to describe the controls to you, you would think they are terrible, but somehow they work just yeah. the way that the game is designed. They work really well. It's a game where if you jump, you're going to finish the arc of that jump. You're not, you can't rotate midair yeah you can't change the direction it's which that never that never bothered me at all in most games it drives me nuts okay somehow in castlevania it works yeah i don't know why um it becomes a very methodic game where you've got creatures constantly coming at you from the side of the screen you're jumping attacking torches but time everything it's almost a rhythm game at points where you're timing your whip hits on the monsters with the whip hits of the torches with climbing stairs another thing that is very castlevania you climb stairs by getting to the base of the stairs and pressing up. Yeah. Which Instead is very diagonal. counterintuitive. Yeah. Usually you would hit diagonal or something like that to... In my mind, go- normally you would jump on the stairs, and now yeah. you're on the stairs, and you'd hold left or right and go up or down the stairs. And that too, yeah. But it does, that doesn't work. Also, you cannot jump on the stairs. if you, Even if you're on stairs and you try to jump on the stairs, you will fall through the stairs. Right. If you're on stairs, you get hit, you will fall through the stairs. Again, this stuff doesn't sound like it would make a good game, but it does make a great game. Um, color palette, lots of browns and grays. I'd almost call it like a vibrant earth tones. Mm-hmm. Is that a thing? Yeah, sure. <laughs> vibrant earth tones. Um, the Yeah, I mean, your sprite is well animated. Um, the enemies are pretty well animated. Um, I mean, you see some gl- graphic glitches here and there um, while you're playing it, but it, it's nothing that's distracting at all. Um, overall, I mean, I have no complaints about the controls in the game. I I think it is neat. Like you saw that little uh, secret area while we're watching it. Yep. There'll be little chunks, little wall things that you have to, you take the chunk out of it and there'll be a little potion in there or, or whatever. Wall I chicken. always, always found that pretty cool. Um, games like this, sometimes I do tend to get disoriented at times and lost. Really? Um, but Castlevania wasn't suit wasn't too bad for me. My only complaint is I wish they would have more checkpoints if they're not going to have a where you can save anywhere. Yeah, there's pretty much one per level, kind of like yeah. Ninja Gaiden. So if you have yep. three lives and you get to a certain point and die, you'll yep. restart from that checkpoint halfway through the level. But if you lose your other two lives, you go back to the, you can continue to go back to the beginning of the level. Yeah, infinite continues, so you can keep doing that over and over and over again. Yep, um, it is known again like Ninja Gaiden to be very difficult. Um, but I don't have a problem getting four or five levels in. I mean, it takes a few continues, but you can get there. Yeah, there was a um, 
like two years ago, I think I remember thinking like, I'm going to beat Castlevania. This is the year I'm going to beat Castlevania. <laughs> and I went through it and I got pretty far, but I did not beat it. And I just eventually just lost steam. So playing on real hardware without save states, I've been able, I haven't done, I didn't do it this time, but I've done it in the past. I've gotten to Dracula. Okay. But I've never beat him. Just okay. like on Ninja Gaiden, I've gotten to the last boss, but yeah. I didn't beat him until I used a whole bunch of save states. But yeah, you know, straight through. Um, the cool thing about this game, it, it definitely feeds the horror side. I love cheesy horror. Yeah. And so back before the Universal Monsters were technically owned by Universal. Yeah. Um, this had all the Universal Monsters. It did, yeah. So you got your, you know, your first boss is a, a bat. Um, you got Frankenstein in here. Yep. There's mummies in here. Um, in fact, I can go through some of those here. Let's see. Boop, 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 boop. So the game starts. You're walking up to the castle. The intro is literally you walking up to the castle. The music is iconic. Mm-hmm. Great music. Konami made some of the best NES music. Um, I couldn't even tell you what the music on the Master System sounded like. This, But this music is so great. I'm going to give this one hands down, the, the nod on that. Um, the knockback, again, is something that gets very frustrating. People, that's the hardest part of the game. You almost never die because you lose all your health. You almost always die because you're trying to jump over a gap and a random bat swoops down and hits you and knocks you right into the gap and you die. Yeah. Um, your points are added at the end of the level while you're looking at the screen. When you get to the Master System version, you'll notice the difference there. You beat the level, you'll see a map. Uh, kind of like Ghosts and Goblins or um, Ninja Gaiden doesn't do it, but they've always had a map. Because the whole concept of the game is you usually start outside of a Castlevania game, like you do in this one, in the graveyard. You work your way into the castle. It's Dracula's castle. And you're fighting your way to Dracula to kill Dracula. Yeah. Very straightforward. There are six blocks of three stages each, total of 18 stages. Six um, blocks of three stages? Yep. Six blocks of three stages each. That's Master System, my friend. No, that's what it says here. That Maybe I got that wrong. I think you might have got that wrong, because, yeah, these you play straight through and beat the, the boss. Oh, okay. Maybe I got it wrong. Maybe I, I probably put that in the wrong section here. That's cool. No worries. Yep. Um... I already kind of described it as a very flowy game. So I'll just run you through the first few levels here. You start in the graveyard, you go into the castle, there's wraiths. I yeah. call them wraiths. Okay. But these, like, ghost women that are attacking you, they just kind of shoot at you, and you kind of kind of have to constantly attack to keep them at bay. When you're not attacking, you're trying to move forward or attacking, you know, the torches. Uh, not a lot of time for breathing room in this game. Um, then bats that kind of listlessly kind of go up and down as they fly at you, they're not too bad. And then you fight a big, large bat as your first boss. Yep. You make it to level two where there's knights now. There's Medusa heads, which take a severe S-curve as they come towards you. And they're infamous in Castlevania lore for being the most obnoxious, difficult enemy. Because they place them at just the right point where if you're not expecting them, you will die. Yeah. You need to know like when to pause or how to back up just a little bit to jump over them. You've got to deal with them correctly. You can't just go straight through and expect to get past them. Um. This level, you're kind of going vertical, but up to the left. So you're doing a lot of up and um, moving right to left instead of left to right at this point in the game. And the final boss is uh, Medusa's head. It's huge Medusa's head that's throwing snakes at you. Yep. Uh, You eventually make it to the castle rooftops in level three. They're kind of like parapets. Uh, There's statues all over the place. Um, Crows are attacking you now. Uh, There's points where you pretty much need the stopwatch you get the you get power ups that they know you're going to get them there so right. that you need them for the next part. And they design it that way. They're brilliantly designed levels. 
Um, there's little uh, monsters that are called Fleeman. Another thing that's kind of infamous from Castlevania, these small guys that jump all over the place and they're really hard to kill. Um, and then skeletons that are throwing bones at you. And at this point, you're going to battle some a couple of mummies. Yeah. Um, and again, all these bosses, you pretty much have to know how to beat them. The bat, you can kind of kill however you want. But after that, there's really it takes strategy to, to or a, a plan to beat the boss. You can't just go in there and attack and try to dodge stuff. You have to know what you're doing. Yeah. Try to get the right weapon. Try to make sure you get to the boss with enough health. Um, and I won't go too far, too much further than that. But there's some more levels, and eventually you get to Dracula, and you try to kill Dracula. And isn't Dracula broken into two parts, like Dracula and the spirit of Dracula? I believe it was. Yeah. But yeah. Again, I didn't. I haven't gotten there in a long time, and I don't think I even beat the first form of Dracula um, when I did get there. Okay. Great game. Yeah, it is a good one. Uh, did you? Uh, one thing I didn't know about this that I found in my research was that, you know the MSX version, since we've played that recently, Vampire Killer? Vampire Killer. I always thought that was the prototype for Castlevania, that it came first. It didn't. They were made in parallel. Oh, really? Yeah, they were made in parallel together. Well, well, I want to touch on that. Yeah. Um, well, I can touch on it now. Because I did try to play some of that just to have yeah. a flavor of it. Yeah. And it's a very different game. It, it is a very different game. The gameplay game. itself is similar. Yep. But it is... Um, the levels are mazes. you got to go and collect keys and things. And That's right. And go back and forth. The Tumbits becomes a... Each level is its own little Metroid-style game. Um, <coughs> I do want to play more of it because I like the gameplay... <laughs> I did, this I, last, I did this last episode. Yeah, you don't, don't inhale the water. So anyways, yeah, it is a very different game, the, um, the MSX the version. MSX game. But I thought I had read somewhere or listened to a podcast where they said that that was the first one and then they refined it and came out with the NES version. That's not the case at all. Gotcha. Yeah, and, that, and it, even though it's called Vampire Killer, that is yeah. the, the game. In fact, it's only called Castlevania in, uh, I think, Europe and USA. Right. USA! USA! Um, Sega Master System. What do you think about this one? So uh, this is the one that I actually kind of sunk my teeth into because I'd played Castlevania over the years, but I had never played Master of Darkness. So I played this one and I got pretty far into it. I think I... Yeah? Yeah. Um, you play as uh, Dr. Social. Dr. So, who's a psychiatrist. That's right. And he's using a Ouija board. <laughs> yeah, that's the storyline. Yeah, that is the storyline. Um, it, it has a similar thing where you have a, a score. There's a timer, just like in Castlevania. Um, you, you have different weapons. You have a hand. Is it a little different where in Castlevania, you always have the whip, but in master of darkness, you have a hand weapon and it changes to different, like a rapier or whatever. Yeah. A knife or a rapier or a. I think there's an axe as well. Yep, exactly. The axe is actually like that. Played that one with. I played that one a lot. Uh, but then you also have a projectile weapon. And with that one, you. What is it? Red dots, I think. Is that right? Where it's almost like the yeah, hearts of Castlevania. Yeah, they're red dots. <laughs> they're red dots, and that's your ammo for, for the projectile weapon, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. Um, the first level, you know, it's bats, and you, the, the graphics are like. I want to say, and you may disagree with me here, but the graphics are a little more refined in the Sega and the, in the Master of Darkness. Like, they there's are. a little there's more detail more, to more the graphics. Detail, everything is a little bit bigger. 
a little bigger, a little more defined, a little sharper. The colors. It's got that um, super bright Sega Master System color palette. Yes, exactly. Um, Flecked. We're watching the intro right now here, which is a big difference. There's a yeah. full cinematic intro with um, story, and uh, we just saw a bright red screen with Dracula flying around. He just bit somebody. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, it's a, there's a lot more going on. Here's, it's kind of like Ninja Gaiden in the fact that there's little cutscenes with small images and text. Yeah. You still use push-up and fire to use the ballistic weapon. Yep. Same as Castlevania, so the same mechanic like there. Um, I have five total rounds with three lengthy stages in each round. Yes. See, so I think that's... I don't know where I got that one for Castlevania, but that's what I wrote. So I had two different ones. Hmm. Anyway. Um, round so, one, Thames River. So, Sorry, it's playing in the background here. Exactly. And you can see like what I'm talking about. like The graphics are a little more defined... A little bigger. You, know, you run into these guys that have um, suits on, and they're very kind of posh looking. Um, I don't know. I, I wouldn't say the graphics are better than Castlevania, but um, they're Complete, different. Yeah, they are very different. They're bigger. Yep. Um, huge gameplay changes. Yeah. So even first of all, yeah, you're a you're a psychiatrist wearing a suit. Yep. Uh, like a baby blue. <laughs> whatever that thing is uh, instead of lanterns there are these creepy masks at least in the first level which don't make any sense but um, the big difference is to me number one enemies take can take more than one hit to kill yep which is everything's one hit kills except for with a few exceptions in Castlevania yep um, and weapons have different powers because of that so there might be guys that take these hunchbacks in level two, take three hits with the knife, but only two with the rapier or one with an, a hatchet. Um, they kept the, the the wall chicken where you can break into wall sections to find health and things. Um, they kept bats. Um, but a big change is things, well, like right now the enemies are shooting at him. Yep. They have um, guns. They have guns. They're They're people. Um, but when you jump, you can change the trajectory of your jump. That's true. And that's it's a big difference. That's a huge difference. Yep. Um, in fact, if this, if you didn't tell me that I was playing a castle game, Vania game, I would not. If you took the wall chicken out of it and then the bats, how they fly at you, I would not have guessed this is a Castlevania inspired game. Hmm. It, to me, it's to that point. Um, the way you walk upstairs, you actually have to hold diagonals so up and over to go up to go up which i did find more frustrating than castlevania and down and over so you have to you're actually like crouching at some points trying to go downstairs so yep. that that did not work well i didn't think it worked great with castlevania but it really does not work well in this game right um which is interesting um there's also power-ups everywhere so and then this first level no matter how much you got hit there was always a power-up that was going to get you full health like there's the first level is a cakewalk just because there's health everywhere. Sure, it's almost like the tutorial level, which I, I guess yeah. I appreciate when I was first playing it. Yeah, I don't mind it. It was it's fun. Uh, the first boss you run into is Jack the Ripper, which is funny because there's a translation thing there too. Because in the story in between, yeah, Dracula's talking to you. I think it was, and he says, "So I see you defeated my Jack the Ripper." That's right. <laughs> Your Jack the Ripper, <laughs> like there's multiple, but this one is yours. <laughs> um, the second boss is the psychic girl with the possessed skull spirit. Did not get that far. Okay, I did get that far. I got to <laughs> Count Mason, which is the third boss. Okay, Count Mason, and then the fourth one is performer of the rituals. Rituals. Okay. 
and then finally you beat you, you get to Dracula. So fewer bosses than in Castlevania. Um, Only five levels, but with three stages each in this game. I did find one one interesting level was uh, you know how we played Splatterhouse recently. Mm-hmm. I I did play that part. Yeah, so laughing. there is a level where there's flying chairs and knives and stuff. It reminded and you have me of Splatterhouse. To punch a knife again. How many games? Well, you don't punch it. You use your sword or whatever. Oh, I was punching it. <laughs> I just I get a kick. I remember last time we I made the joke that like this is my favorite game where you punch knives or yeah. fight, fight furniture. Right. And then, then again, there's, a, you know, thinking there was no other game that would do that. Yeah. I was wrong. Master of Darkness. Okay. So... Do you, do you remember the music at all? Yeah, I do. And it, it's not bad. It's pretty good music. It's not bad, but it's not memorable. Okay. Yeah, the first level to me was had... It was pretty memorable to me. But I was played it. it okay. I, I played this one a lot this month. Um... I mean, it took me a lot just to get to Count Mason, like the fourth boss or whatever. Yeah. Um, I played Castlevania, but not nearly as much because I'd played Castlevania so much over the years. Um, another thing is this one does have a save. Um, I think it's in the menu after you finish each level. Okay. That's good to know. Yeah. I don't think I knew that. <laughs> okay. So anyway. What else is there to say? Um, that's really all I got. Battle gotcha. of the systems. Battle of the systems. So, so I, I can imagine what your winner is. What's your winner? What What do you think? I so when I was playing these games in my yeah. head, I thought you were going to pick this one, Sega Master System. Okay, hands down. Yeah, because that kind of goes with your mo, kind of like Ninja Gaiden. Yeah, um, I think the graphics and the you're more of a graphics guy, um, and I think the floaty gameplay doesn't bother you as much as it bothers me. Okay. But what do you give it? I mean, what, obviously your favorite would be Castlevania. I prefer right? the original, and okay. I cannot put my <laughs> finger on it because sound, music and sound go to the original, it's, or to Castlevania. Okay. It's iconic. The music's really good. Yep. Um, graphics, I'd have to give it to this game. They do look a lot better. Mm-hmm. Um, gameplay... What I do like about this one is the fact that you can move in while you're jumping. That's huge for me. Sure. But I don't know why. I just was bored. Hmm. I can't explain why. Okay. Um, and it comes down to gameplay for me. <coughs> um, I honestly never beat the second level. I played up to the second level like twice, and yeah. I just got bored. Okay. Um, I popped in Castlevania once, even though I played it so much, to just try it, and I got stuck playing it for like two hours a day. Like, it's just addictive. I don't know. I can't. Yeah. I don't know how to describe it better than that. Like, That's fair. So you're going to give the nod to Castlevania. I have to give the nod to Castlevania, but... And I and I can't... I mean, it would be hard for me to give this a grade because I don't want to give it a high grade, but I do. Yeah. Because it does so many things very well and better than Castlevania. But gameplay-wise, I didn't want to play it. Yeah. I can't tell you why. So for me, I would... I'm just going to come out and say it. I'll give... I give the nod to Castlevania. Okay. Because I've played it over the years. I love it. I, I'm not good at it. I fail. All, I mean, I don't get very far in Castlevania. I get to the first or second save, and then, like, I have a difficult time getting to the rest. Um, so, I, and I will give the nod to Castlevania. I think it's a better overall game. Um, I was surprised because this is the first month I've played this game. I didn't even know this existed. Um, I was surprised how much I did enjoy this game. I played it a lot. I, yeah. I actually really like it. It's got a lot going for it. I think it's worth playing if you're a Castlevania fan. Mm-hmm. I think it has enough in common with Castlevania. I mean, look at the HUD. 
No, your, it, your control panel. You, yeah. When you boot this up, you're like, this is Castlevania. Um, gameplay wise, you're right. It's different. So it is different than Castlevania, but to me, that makes it more interesting. I mean, Correct. there are no enemies I like agree. that chick that's flying around. There's no enemies like that in Castlevania. I mean, that move as fast as that. Um, the bats move faster in this one. Um, I think there's enough different that it's very interesting. I think the graphics are better and crisper. Um, there's, I think overall the gameplay is better in Castlevania. So the thing is, I'd give Castlevania the nod, but if I'm grading them... I'd Out give, of 20 rapiers. Of 20 rapiers, I'd probably give Castlevania... Out of twenty, probably seventeen, and I probably right where I put it, and I probably give this one fifteen. I I do that too, actually. <laughs> I think this is worth playing if you haven't if you have a Sega Master System and you haven't played Master of Darkness. I think you'd really enjoy this if you enjoy Castlevania. And it's funny because I agree, and I would give that recommendation, even though for whatever reason it didn't click with me. Like yeah. I, I know that, but yeah. I don't know why it's not clicking with me. Yeah, and I, it did me. I like it. I, I loved it. I. I you know that screen that they just showed? The, yeah. You know the, the papers that are flapping on the walls? Yeah, yeah. Embarrassingly, I sat there for more longer than I should trying to get the paper off. <laughs> I was like hitting it thinking it was like a lantern. Yeah, it's cool because it does, honestly, it looks like a Genesis game. Yeah. It's, um, for Master System, it's pretty impressive. Um, it's kind of cool. Like It's almost like Metal Slug in the sense that there's yeah. lots of things in the background like moving, like you're saying, the papers or the lanterns flicker. Or, yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's cool. Definitely worth playing. So I agree. I'm going to say 15 and 17 rapiers as well. Yeah, wow. We're in, we're we're in agreement, we're in agreement on that there. one. So here's mine. Uh, <laughs> Yay! Castlevania on the NES. You hold strong. It's You're, a year uh, anniversary miracle. We agreed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think we've agreed we, before. We split. We usually split. Yep. But, yep, there's, oh, there's Jack, Jack the Ripper. There's Jack the Ripper, yeah. This one was a tough one, but I mean, it wasn't that tough, which I appreciated. It was a fun one, actually. <laughs> yeah. Very yeah. cool. I'm like sucked into it because it does look good. It looks like a whole lot of fun, which is, again, just makes me fr- I'm going to try it again. Yeah, I spent a I'm lot of time trying to get it. into it. I really do want to get into it because it looks like a really great game and it yep. has if, a lot of things I like. If you're in a mental state of Castlevania, it's hard to switch gears to this. I agree with that. But it's been so long since I played Castlevania, I jumped right into this and like it was a new game. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, that is the end of our first episode this month. Um, next, uh, let's see, two weeks from now. Yep. We're going to hear Eric's take. We're going to hear uh, the first $100 by Cody on the Neo Geo Pocket. Since nice. I already mentioned that, I can go ahead and throw that out there. And we're going to catch up on some news. Um, we want to thank you, remind you guys that we do have a Patreon. It is at patreon.com slash pixelguiden. <laughs> uh, we'd appreciate your patronage, but if not, just please keep telling people about us. Please uh, give us reviews specifically on iTunes. That helps the most from what I hear. Yeah. And um, tell a friend. And tell a friend. So until next time, it's, it's dangerous, dangerous to, to go, go alone. alone. Thank you again for listening. You can find episode information and show notes online at pixelguiden.com. Please follow us on Twitter at pixel underscore guiden. And you can also follow Eric at the project. That's D-U-H project. You can also follow Cody on Twitter at oddball49. That's O-D-D-B-A-1149. Please leave a review to help get our podcast listed higher up on the show rankings. We would also love to hear from you with any comments or input. So hit us up on our email at podcast at pixelguiden.com.